Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your claws, fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over depression. <laughs> hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot? strongly opposed to gun safety legislation. So what realistically can get done with the speaker? We should not have weapons of war in, in our communities, in our schools, and anywhere in our communities. This is an epidemic. This is a gun violence epidemic. And the time is now to act. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> you suck, fuck you! That's disgusting. That's not my concern. We're just not going to take thoughts and prayers. That's not enough. That's not enough. That was four days ago, five days ago. And here's the thing, Speaker uh, Johnson and all of the members on the Hill, Republicans in Congress, they have the ability to stop this. They have the ability to put forth legislation to deal with this issue. They can change this. They can help save lives. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I have to disagree with that. I doubt it. You are fake news. It's not against the law. Oh, fuck you. We're not paid actors. It really happened. Very fake news. All right. America... Go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. Yeah, five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flights on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. You got me gloves, too, but my sausage fingers don't fit in the gloves. And so I can't wear them. We tried. Well, as you can see... The choice of costume this year is what I like to call cyclist justice. The cyclist terrorist reign of, uh, well, reign of terror. That would be redundant. That's, I already botched my own intro. Nice going, The man. reign of terror for the cyclist is over. That's the, that's, that's the theme of that. You should quit and go to a different media company. <laughs> yeah, more on that in a minute. Uh, you can see the results here. But um, 
I didn't do a good job of picking out sunglasses because whatever these are polarized or something, I can't see my main monitor with them on. So they got to go. And I don't like that. You can see my see what I'm looking at on my screen because then I can't look at hardcore midget pornography. Yeah. Which is always, you know, just off uh, center there. Yeah. I I really should have uh, put the baseball bat into the helmet, too, to complete the look. But, you know, it's always a duct tape production. So this is what you get. Uh, tonight, we're uh, talking all the week's news, including the suspect in Wednesday night's mass shooting in Maine, Robert Card, was found dead by investigators on Friday night of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. My favorite piece of the tinfoil, Daily Mail reporting two gunshot wounds to the head before they deleted it. But uh, more details are emerging on the shooter's condition and behavior before Wednesday's shooting. We finally got a, a new house speaker. Around the same time as well. An anonymous guy with the most anonymous name, Mike Johnson. I still wouldn't. I've looked at his picture a dozen times. I still wouldn't be able to pick. I typed in Mike Rogers. Why did I think his name was Mike Rogers? Because nobody knows who he is. You don't either. Uh, In his first few days as speaker, I, I see some reasons for optimism and some reasons to expect a lot more of the same. So we'll evaluate. Plus, we have a couple cases of hoax hate toward the end of the show. And tonight's movie review is Kingsman, The Secret Service. Uh, so stick around for that. And without, I, I don't like to tease my opinion, but we like to do the bit with the AI uh, artwork. Well, tonight's AI artwork, some of it is in video form. And I guarantee what? you're going to be impressed by it. So look for that later in the show. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics as well. 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is madchristiansonmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated. And it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale over on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Hero Soap Company, of course, with Chris Gard, our music guy, promoting my best-selling signature soap, Timberline. Sometimes being a man means doing a little more than what's expected of you. Even if that means taking yourself to the end of the line. But every man needs something at the end of the day to remind him that his work's worthwhile. That's why every man should be using Timberline from Hero Soap Company. It's a frosty pine soap where the forest meets the peaks. A woodsy scent with extra menthol for a high-altitude cooling effect. Giving your balls the best tingle this way west of Yellowstone. So try Timberline today and treat yourself to the refreshing ball tingling you deserve. Timberline from Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only can you subscribe and get soap straight to your door each month, but now you can get signature soaps designed by both of us as well. Blonde Signature Soap Oat Plus Almond is now available. It is the gentle exfoliation of oatmeal with a premium almond fragrance. And of course, you can still get my two offerings as well. Timberline is that frosty pine experience where the forest meets the peaks. 
And you can also get Old West, the underrated Old West. Sweet leather and oak barrels, ready to bust open the saloon doors. Or you can try Hero Soap's brand new shampoos and conditioners or any other excellent soaps from Hero Soap. Get 10% off all Hero Soap products using promo code MCLISTENER. That's 10% off everything, including our signature soaps, Oat Plus Almond, Timberline, and Old West, or any other products from Hero Soap using promo code MCLISTENER. Find everything you need from Hero Soap. Plus other great deals from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Western Razor Company, Kineo Mountain Woodsmithing, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners. For listeners. Well, uh, I should have asked you, have you done your pumpkin carving yet? Nope. Will you do pumpkin carving? What's the date? Today is Sunday. Halloween is Tuesday. Maybe tomorrow. All right. Well, last week I hadn't decided what to do for my political pumpkin or news related pumpkin of the year, because in 2020 I did. It's a hoax. Until I gave you this idea. That's true. Well, I'm not saying I thought of it. I'm just saying it was. uh, You clearly forgot the last two tentacles. What are you talking about? Those two on the bottom were just an afterthought. Well, the lighting, they're kind of low on the pumpkin. I promise you, if you get a lower angle on the pumpkin, you wanted a higher effort octopus and you didn't even carve a pumpkin yet fine i will do a high effort octopus i'm just saying it looks like a six tentacle octopus no there was chopped in half (laughs) the dick was split in two is what you're saying okay (laughs) do octopi octopi do they have penises i don't know anatomically no 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 okay well i guess this one does um 2021 (laughs) i did let's go brandon 2022 i did pure blood and so this year it uh it is recognition of Greta Thunberg's anti-Semitic octopus in the background of her pro-Palestine photo that I she like posted it. the other week. So the octopus uh, will be greeting trick-or-treaters on my front porch on Tuesday. Uh, in other news, uh, until I mentioned this on Wednesday, but I want to make sure the Sunday people are aware... Up until Wednesday, I did not know there was a way to give Blonde control of the soundboard. Turns out there is. So if you tuned in Wednesday, you know that Blonde now has the ability and the control to issue ill-timed and inapplicable sounders anytime she wants. And so those will drop. Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. At her convenience. I can't recreate the... the f- the comedy that happened on Wednesday night, but we had a very sincere, thoughtful chat from a support, a longtime supporter. And instead of hitting the, we love you. You're very special. Blonde congratulated him on his juicy ass. And it ended up being great, but I don't even know how I did that. So look forward yeah, to that. Why are you giving me some tech control? Uh, I don't we deserve all, it. We all know this is going to end up being fun. Okay. Uh, I want to update people more on this coming move to tenant media because i know people have a lot of questions and i know i wasn't able to explain it fully last week because i wanted to wait until they dropped their trailer and i didn't want to step on people's toes but i am now in the clear to discuss this fully uh so i'll give it a little more detail today and then i will post a video myself this week explaining what's going to happen come november 6th but tenant media as i mentioned is a new project i'm taking on with lauren southern dave rubin benny johnson tim pool and taylor hansen And so starting on November 6th, my two solo videos a week are going to move over to Tenant Media's YouTube and Rumble channels. 
But there's not going to be a subscription required. There's not a paywall. There's not anything like that. It's just both my your videos. Yes. Both of those videos will be going over to a different YouTube channel and a different Rumble channel. And then I'm also starting a new hour stream on Wednesday nights on Tenants Channels. And for that reason, as we discussed on Wednesday, the call-in show is going away, the show that we usually host on Wednesday nights. So the final call-in show will be this Wednesday, November 1st. Now, I know there are the call-in show has its own loyal niche audience, and I won't repeat sort of my emotional tribute to that audience on Wednesday night. You can go back and listen to that on the podcast feeds if you'd like. But this does not mean that there will be no more calls or no more email interactions or email questions at all in the future. We're thinking about ways to implement some of that stuff to maintain audience connection going forward. So I know anytime there's change, people get nervous or upset or, and I, I, frankly, I take that as a compliment. The fact that people are invested in this show in all its various formats, I'm very grateful for. And so As I explain this to you, I want you to understand this is a balance between taking advantage of an opportunity and preserving and protecting what I have. Uh, Oh, and nobody's getting left behind here. A couple things I want to emphasize. As far as the call-in show going away, Blonde and I reached this decision mutually, as in it's a great opportunity for me, and Blonde needs the time to take care of her upcoming newborn baby. But Yeah, I was so happy about this because for the Sunday show to give you guys an idea of what it was like when I had Emmeline. So she cluster fed every 30 minutes, 24 hours a day for an entire year. So when I do a three hour show, I am missing six feedings and a breastfed baby does not like to be bottle fed. So I would pump, but I still would have to take a break halfway to go and feed the baby. So I'm happy to do that for the Sunday show because I love doing the Sunday show. The audience is a lot bigger and everything like that. But uh, twice a week, I don't even know. I don't even know if I could swing that this time. If Ingrid is the same way. So we will see. And there are questions about our call screener and helpful show assistant, Tim, otherwise known as Dangerous Spaces. If you tune in on Wednesday, you'll you'll hear him uh, calling in and helping guide our callers. Tim is coming along with me to take on a new role in supporting just kind of me generally, but helping me out in a producer role on that Wednesday show too. So Tim's not getting left behind either. Tim is coming with, and that's really exciting. It's a new opportunity for him too, in addition to me. Yeah. Uh, and I want to emphasize thoroughly, absolutely nothing changes about the, the Sunday show as, as I join this uh, tenant project, the Sunday show stays on my channel. Uh, the Sunday show is not part of tenant. The Sunday show will remain exactly the same as it is. No changes whatsoever. And the Sunday show was the Sunday show and the community that is this show is so important to me that it was never a part of discussions with tenant in any capacity. Yes. And I got, I did get a lot of emails about this. So I did want to be clear that like nobody has ever come to me and said anything about me limiting the things that I say in the show. Like that has never been a part of the conversation. No one has ever said anything to me. So, and so I'm going to continue to be um, the same. Yeah, and <laughs> in, the, in the initial conversations here, one of the first things I said was, we're not, we're not doing the Sunday show. And I also don't want any undue influence over the Sunday show. I don't want yeah. a whiff of, I don't like that this super chatter said this. I don't like that blonde said this. I don't like that you said this, none of that. And so that is not a concern. And as I'll get to in a minute, the people who are running this project, I trust not to do that. And if they breach that trust, I have ways to leave the project. 
But I don't think they're going to breach that trust. So the question is, why am I doing this? Well, if you listened, if you've listened to my channel for a while, you know, I exist in a weird YouTube jail. So my my channel is just completely locked in terms of subscriber. 242. Count. It used to be the 242. I, I hit 242 and then there was some bleeding and now it's down to 240. And it, how it's is not- that even possible to, to give you guys an idea of how unfair that is? Skag and I have the same increase in subscribers on an annual basis and I <laughs> never make videos. And it's yeah. not, it's not that I think that, Oh, I'm entitled to this audience. No, I get it. Like people are, are perfectly entitled to watch what they want to watch. It doesn't mean that they want to watch mine. But what I'm saying is my YouTube channel as it currently exists is on some kind of bad guy list where I get zero referrals. That is to say, YouTube won't even recommend traffic to me that I generated myself. If you finish a video of mine, YouTube will direct you over to Fox News or MSNBC. I don't even get traffic that I myself brought in. So I've been looking for a way to maximize my reach without selling the farm. And this, I think, is exactly it. I get help from others, but I don't surrender full control to somebody else. Uh, So who's running this? I got a lot of questions. Who's behind this? What's this project? This is the project of Lauren Chen and her husband, Liam. And they are on a very short list of people I would even entertain for a such uh, for such a project. And that's because I know that they're not interested in controlling or censoring me. They're not interested mm-hmm. in controlling or censoring the Sunday show like we talked about. They just like my material and they want to host it as it currently exists. That's it. I have full directorial directorial. I control it. I direct it. They want to <laughs> host it. And the contract itself is very fair. I, I'm not gonna not gonna do the Steven Crowder bit and out them with all the all the terms. Um, yeah. But I did my due diligence with a lawyer to make sure that we're getting something fair here, and I'm not selling control of everything I have or something like that. If it doesn't work out, either party can just walk away with short notice. No problem. They don't own me. I'm not their employee. Matt Christensen Media remains an independent company. So if, if, if for some reason this does not work the way that we all expect it to, I just walk away and I come back to my channel as I was before. And it'll be that yeah. simple. I have a contractual right to that. Another question, does support for the show or for my channel still matter? Yeah, Matt yeah. Christensen Media is still a completely independent company. Hence, uh, your support for the show and, and my content is still very much helpful and very much appreciated. So to summarize all of that, Sunday show remains exactly the same. Individually, you can find my two videos a week and a new weekly Wednesday night stream on Tenant Media starting next week, November 6th. So not this Monday, mm-hmm. but the following Monday. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to the show and supports it and has listened to my channel and supports it. And it's because of your support that I'm in position to take advantage of really an opportunity that I've been hoping for for a long time. And I think this project is going to go far. I wouldn't be signing on to it if I didn't believe in it. You did the same thing that you did on Wednesday by making it sound like we're breaking up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I can't this help is, it. This sounds like a, like a mom and dad sat everybody down and we're like, we still love each other, but <laughs> it became a meme on the Wednesday. Cause I, I wanted the, the Wednesday night audience to know first that that particular piece of the show was going away for the time being and perhaps it'll that's the only thing that's changing that's the only thing that's changing really other than you you just find my stuff in a different place but same rules apply um but yeah i mean the the reason that i 
it, it matters to me a lot. Obviously, I don't want to treat it as like some kind of joke or act like I mean, it, it, it is a bummer to me to leave a certain piece of that audience interaction behind because I do care right. a lot about the community that is this show and the audience of this show. And, you know, good things have to come to an end, too. I think this is a, mm-hmm. I think this is an opportunity to to expand that community, to expand that audience. And we can work in different audience participation through that format later. And so, well, I get the kids yeah. and I want the house and I want your bike and I want I, your super. Jokes on you. I don't even have a bike, but there are a oh, few yeah, bikes in right. my family. <laughs> anyway, um, I will post a, a video of my own this week, explaining some more of my thoughts on this and telling you exactly where to go for now. If you're curious about how to find this stuff, just head on over to tenantmedia.com. Links to all of their social media are there. Again, you can expect to find my videos on their YouTube and Rumble channels going forward, but tenantmedia.com. Okay. Now that I've blubbered for like, I don't know, into almost a half hour's worth of the show, time for the real news. Uh, I'm actually shocked that he lasted as long as he did. It was almost a five-month campaign for Mike Pence. That's a pretty good run. The most shocking part about the story is that he uh, was running for president at all. I read that and I was like... What? That's huh. that's my favorite part of the famous Tucker. That's not my concern interaction, which we'll get to in a moment. But everybody remembers the that's not my concern moment. But yeah. leading up to that, Tucker says, because I know you're running for president and XYZ is important. Oh, thank you for noticing. Yeah, thank you for noticing. Tucker. It's like, well, I mean, not everybody that's right. has that's the only way. That- <laughs> uh Okay, so in Las Vegas on uh, or yesterday uh, at the Republican Jewish Coalition's annual meeting, Pence announced he is suspending his campaign for president. Of course, Pence has struggled in the polls and fundraising the entire time. But speaking on Saturday, he said that he's prayed and realized that now is not his time. But the Bible tells us that there's a time for every purpose under heaven. I came here to say it's become clear to me this is not my time. So after much prayer and deliberation, I have decided to suspend my campaign for president effective today. Was there any reaction in the background? Who gives a shit? There was actually some cheering, but I didn't didn't see an image of the audience. So for all I know, there could have been 10 people there. Uh, Upon my sources say upon further prayer, he will realize that never is actually his time. That's that's the fault in that premise there. It's not my time. The implication being that your time is coming, I guess. Uh, There will no there will be no future time. That is his time. But uh, as always, whenever a campaign leaves us, we will remember Mike Pence and his cringy scripted jokes. President of the United States sleeping with a member of the teachers union. Full disclosure, my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union, but I got to admit, I've, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And um, so full disclosure. Joe Biden doesn't belong on a picket line. He belongs on the unemployment line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that is funny. Your concern is that the Ukrainians don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. I know you're running for president. You are distressed. You You are distressed. 
And yes, I know Mike Pence meant that his concern was incorrectly presented as just tanks for Ukraine in reaction to that clip. He went on to say in that interaction that he thinks America is so great that we can fix problems at home and support Ukraine, of course. I understand he was not saying, at least his intent was not to say, that American prosperity is not his concern. That doesn't make that moment in his campaign any less damaging, though. In fact, it was so damaging that he lost about 50% of his support as a result of it. He went down from 2% to 1% support, which I thought <laughs> I was, was probably... make that as a joke. <laughs> I thought was probably true until I checked. And I, like, seriously speaking, that happened sometime, it was like mid-July that that happened. And that was his height at about 6.5%. How He's, did he have 6.5%? He was in third place at that point behind uh, Trump and DeSantis, distantly behind and ever since he has trickled down to th- almost three and a half percent. So it wasn't quite that dramatic, but still, uh, you know, that that was the height of his campaign was that moment. And it was downhill. Excuse me. Ever since then. Uh, in an update now, I I have to admit my own foolishness here. Because I, I kind of bought this guy's story that he is just a giant idiot. But looking at the footage, it looks like there's more intent than just being a giant idiot. But recall the story of top congressional imbecile Jamal Bowman, the man who used to be the principal of a social justice middle school in New York where only a quarter of the kids can read. Last we heard from Bowman, he had pulled the fire alarm in a congressional office building next to the Capitol right before Congress passed that continuing resolution to fund the government, which got Kevin McCarthy ousted. Jamal Bowman was accused of pulling that alarm to create a distraction to buy time for Democrats to strategize for that vote. Bowman denied the accusation based on the fact that he's an idiot. That was his justification or at least his explanation. He said he pulled the alarm in haste. Yeah, well, I I bought it kind of. I mean, he is an idiot. I I suppose that's not disputed, but there's more intent here based on the video. Than he was uh, explaining at the time, but he said he thought it would open the door, which was locked and that he's he's so stupid uh, that that's why he did this. It's just he's a giant idiot. So you can understand. Turns out probably not, or at least there's a little more intent to it than that. There's now surveillance footage of the incident, and it sure looks at least a little bit intentional considering Bowman uh, approaches the door, removes a sign there saying that it's closed and then pulls the alarm and walks away. So one, one more time in slow motion, tries the door, pulls the sign, two signs, I guess, then pulls the alarm and walks away. And that's the thing. If you thought that was a switch for the door, wouldn't you go back to the door expecting it to open the door? He, he never turned around back to the door. So he was lying. Yeah, I guess in the great debate of whether he's just a giant idiot or a liar, I put too much too much faith in giant idiot and and not liar. Yeah. You can be both. This doesn't mean he's not an yeah. idiot, but it's because you're so racist. That's why. I well, I I guess I need to learn to be more racist and assume malice on his part. Would have served me well in this particular case. But shockingly, uh Sorry, my my voice cracked like I'm I guess I just turned 13 or something. Uh, Shockingly, Jamal Bowman has now been charged. I think this is actually the biggest surprise of the story. Bowman has has now pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge 
one count of falsely pulling a fire alarm. He will pay a thousand dollar fine and issue an apology to Capitol Police. Apparently, there's an agreement for the charges to be withdrawn in three months after Bowman pays the fine. I notice there are no uh, obstruction of a formal proceeding charges for him like the grandmas of January 6th. I also have not seen any information to say that Jamal Bowman will face any punishment from Congress for this action. Uh, At least I haven't seen any commentary from new speaker Mike Johnson. More on him later. Not Mike Rogers, whoever that is. Hey, uh, World War Three update. I know that the ground war into Gaza is going on, uh, but it looks like we are getting a little bit more involved ourselves beyond just shipping resources into the various war-torn parts of the world. We are it's engaging. Fine. This has nothing to do with Gaza. Biden said it like 40 times. It's oh, fine. well, I'm convinced then. <laughs> Incidentally, so we carried saying. out airstrikes, which targeted two facilities that have been linked They've been linked to Iranian-backed militias in eastern Syria. This was on Thursday. Um, And this was following a series of drone and rocket attacks, supposedly, against the U.S. forces in the region. This was There were no casualties, and Biden has emphasized that they are totally separate from the ongoing conflict in Gaza. He directly accused Iran of having a role in the attacks on U.S. forces saying this is a statement Iran wants us to wants to hide its hand and deny its role in these attacks against our forces we will not let them and there will be further strikes if attacks by Iran's proxies continue um is it any surprise this is just gonna keep becoming more frequent more frequent more frequent then there are going to be a few casualties and there's going to be more property destruction uh don't you think this is probably the goal all along I'm just happy to see us using our own bombs again. That's <laughs> that's uh, a return to the America of old. I it brings me back mm-hmm. to a, a long lost time. No, yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, I mean, it is creating something of a Streisand effect, though. That he like kept saying, uh, over and over. The the defense secretary said, like, I'm not even joking, three or four times, like this is totally unrelated to the Israeli conflict. Hmm. Like, okay, well, is it though? Is it? Well, they're saying that these uh, uh, Iranian-backed militias attacked U.S. troops in in Iraq and in the region, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, okay. I I suppose it's independent specifically of what's going on in Gaza there, but it's certainly not independent of the broader Middle Eastern conflict overall, of which Gaza is a part. But, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I think we should expect increasing involvement in the in the region that is a safe bet i would say this is uh Did you see this josh Kruger? i put so this in funny. here just for no other we ba- we've covered this story the formal charges are i mean it's a development but we already know who's been charged i just couldn't believe the characterization of who was charged by nbc news i'm not going to go through the details of the josh Kruger case because we've covered it so extensively on the show but this was, I think, CNN's. Um, was it CNN? NBC yeah. is who I have. Yeah. NBC's characterization of Josh Kruger's murder. An acquaintance has been charged in the death of Philadelphia journalist who went from sleeping on the street to working for the mayor to writing column, columns on the city's most pressing social issues. But that's how they were able to phrase a story about an HIV positive, homosexual, drug addict minor murder extortion plot (laughs) 
<laughs> that's what they're saying. They're acting like it was just the acquaintance of this upstanding young man. <laughs> well, then I click on the story and it's not just acquaintance. It's teen acquaintance. And then I'm thinking, well, this guy's like, I don't know. How old was he? 30, 40? He's he's an yeah, adult he was man. 35, I think. Yeah. And why do you have a teen acquaintance? Teen acquaintance. What, what do you do with these teen acquaintances? How many teenagers do you have in your social circle? Uh, not many. I, I suppose zero. There might right, be zero. some who are actually acquaintances, people I know who happen to be teenagers who I do. But that's the thing. Even the term acquaintances is inappropriate because their relationship was so much deeper than acquaintance. They were literally uh, deep in each yeah. other's assholes. That yeah. is it. That was the nature of the, you're not, you're not having butt sex with an acquaintance. Okay. That's not, that's no. not the term. Well, if you're a gay man, you might be. So. Well, I guess maybe in fairness, maybe I don't understand the community. Um, yeah, but this is just, they're, they're getting so good at the spin. Uh. Well, uh, let's talk about the main shooter, the mass shooter who struck on Wednesday night. Of course, late Friday night, authorities in Maine announced they found the gunman, uh, who went on a mass shooting spree in Lewiston dead by apparent suicide. Uh, on Wednesday night, of course, Robert Card killed 18 and wounded 13 more in two separate shootings, one at a bowling alley and one at a bar. Investigators found Card's body in a trailer at a recycling center in Lisbon Falls. This is 10 miles or so east of where the shootings happened. Robert Card worked at this recycling center. This was called the main or is called the main recycling corporation. Authorities had searched and cleared the property Thursday, but they apparently didn't check another part of the company's nearby land. Uh, they came back early on Friday morning and again found nothing, but another team returned later Friday and searched another part of the company property that had not yet been checked, and they found Card's body with two firearms. Uh, a rifle had previously been found in his abandoned Subaru after the shooting on Wednesday night, and I've seen release reports saying that the rifle that he used in the shooting itself was was the rifle that was found in the Subaru. So then he went to this recycling center and had some other firearms, apparently. Oh, by the way, I was going to say at the top, we misreported this terribly on Wednesday, but the story was actively developing. I think the shooting started on Wednesday. It, it basically happened. it happened like right before we went live. But I don't what did we say that was wrong? I don't remember saying anything that was. I mean, I was reading off of, yeah, you know, mainstream media. So I'm not. But I the number dead was incorrect. And then it was initially was reported as 22. It's 22. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was convinced that it was just some swarthy muslim white guy man my heart sank i was like white guy with an ar and in the military oh no <laughs> that's right he uh he was a firearms instructor yeah as well but the weirdest part of this and i don't mean to get too tinfoily because this could be as simple as just being hasty with reporting the news Realizing it's incorrect and deleting it. But of course, the official story is Robert Card discovered self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, the exact sort of suicide that you envision or think about when you hear that phrase. But the Daily Mail reported sometime Friday that Card was found with two gunshot wounds to his head. And this doesn't say self-inflicted. This just says two gunshot wounds to his head. They tweeted that headline and then deleted the tweet. And the story, you can still go look at the story. It's since been changed. And I tried to find an archive of their original headline. I couldn't. So they must have changed it pretty quickly. But if you go to the story from Daily Mail, the URL still reads two gunshot wounds head. The headline's been updated to say found dead with self-inflicted gunshot wound to head. 
So just a little piece of uh, oddity there. But as far as what else happened, there was there were reports of a suicide note that maybe would explain why Card did this. It's not entirely clear yet. It may never be. He did leave this note for his family. It was originally reported in some outlets as a suicide note. They're walking that back a little bit now. Investigators now describe it as a paper-style note, you know, whatever that means other than it's written and not digital. But this note apparently left bank account numbers and the password to his phone for his family. The Maine Department of Public Safety Commissioner said, quote, I wouldn't describe it as an explicit suicide note, but the tone and tenor was that the individual was not going to be around and wanted to make sure that this loved one had access to his phone and whatever was in that phone. As far as possible motive here, there is a theory that maybe he, I think it's combination potentially of mental illness, which we'll get to in a minute, plus the sort of peer group with whom he interacted, because they're now saying that maybe he was targeting deaf people. Uh, at least it was deaf cornhole night at the bar that he attacked that night. Now, why would why would this guy care about that? Well, apparently he was an avid cornhole player and he had recently suffered significant hearing loss for which he was fitted with high powered hearing aids, supposedly hearing voices through those or saying he was. But Card's sister-in-law says Card believed uh, that the people at the bar presumably some of these deaf cornhole players or other people with whom he interacted previously, he believed they were making fun of him or mocking him. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so in some cases he was saying he could hear voices, maybe their voices, but it would appear that he had some kind of association with these venues previously and had some personal beef, whether it, whether that beef was real or imagined in his mind, there was a kind of a personal connection to this. And he He had a a history of mental illness. Some of the people that he shot. So yeah, at least according weren't. to his family. I mean, that this is mm-hmm. what they're saying. Um, so the State Department is saying that he had a history of mental illness um, and that he was highly paranoid that people were talking about him and that um, and he had been hearing voices. So his sister-in-law came forth and said um, that after his hearing loss, which was actually from shooting guns, he hmm. was fitted with this high powered um, hearing device. And then he became, uh, do you know this, this history on people that think they're targeted individuals? I've heard of that before, but I don't know much about it specifically. It was like that. Um, like through his hearing aid, he was convinced that people around him that he was interacting with in this community, in this cornhole community, were, were plotting against him. And that it was all linked to the nature of their, um, their hearing devices. So that's why he targeted them. So his family got super worried about it and they contacted the army and they were like, well, he's being erratic and, and, and everything like that. Um, and he was getting really manic and they just weren't really able to, to do anything about it. I mean, they, they didn't think that he was going to be violent, but they were concerned about his mental state, like enough that they contacted, I think they even contacted police as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, this is really sad because I think that he was obviously a paranoid schizophrenic and he wasn't getting the psychological help that he needed. And the family was honest. They, they knew what was going on and they tried to go through the correct avenues to um, have him treated. And so I, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for the family. Of course, I feel bad for the victims. This is just a really sad, uh, sad situation. Uh, the end stage of, of untreated mental, mental illness. So 
And he had been erratic at uh, in, in, in to some extent in his military capacity, too. And they had sent him for evaluation to a hospital. There were some reports that said he was institutionalized. It sounds like it was more a, a visit to a hospital. He was then, never involuntarily yeah. institutionalized. Yeah. yeah. So there was attempted intervention uh, from from his military superiors, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that actually has implications for how he acquired the guns and attempted to acquire other gun parts, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but before I do, I, I wanted to highlight what I think is just some of the most preposterous commentary I've, I've heard on this story. I have not seen any evidence to suggest that this was political. I know that mental health is tossed around all the time with mass shootings, but if ever there was a case that seems pretty genuinely mental health related, like clinical, this sounds like it. And I've not seen Mm -hmm. any evidence to show that he was some right wing ideologue or that he was some crazy militia man or something like that. It was personal. This was not a random shooting. It seems so based on based on his connection to these venues. But on NBC, uh, NBC on Thursday, they bring on this guy, Liam Kent, and they describe him as a neighbor but he's actually just a guy who lived near Robert Card a long time ago. He says he knew Robert Card was crazy in part because he hunted with his friends and he and his friends once shot a deer. Well, I grew up about half a mile or half a mile or half a mile away. The family complex, it's basically a compound there. The family and Robert, they're all gun fanatics. They are, <laughs> they for all intents and purposes, are very much associated with right-wing militias. I remember going to the town store when I was a kid, about, oh gosh, around 12, 14. And um, I remember very vividly, it's just been the image that's been kind of going ahead around in my head, is um, I'm going to the store and there's a way station there for deer. So he just killed a deer with his buddies and the deer was hanging and blood was dripping on the ground from the deer, and he was covered in blood with a gun on his back with a giant grin on his face. And they were all smoking cigarettes and drinking their morning coffee and, like, praising each other. Uh, that's the nature of hunting. They're like, let's get this town homo on, this town queen, <laughs> to talk about the, the one time they saw this guy after he went hunting. Yeah. And act like it's this whole narrative. Which I find really interesting because I thought that hunting was a perfectly legitimate reason for the Second Amendment. They're constantly saying, you don't need an AR to hunt. That's not a hunting gun. You're going to blow away the deer, da-da-da-da-da. All of a sudden, in this case, it's, well, this guy shot a deer, and that's how I know he's crazy. I know he's especially crazy because he was following the law, doing the legal check-in necessarily uh, necessary, drinking coffee with his buddies in the morning. That's how crazy he is. That's what people do after a hunt. Historically, this is bag it, wouldn't know. God. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's. Uh, I, I'm told my sources say, and I have to rely on them because I have yet to achieve a successful hunt. But perhaps my time is coming. My sources say when you are successful, there is blood involved. I I believe that it, it's going to get on you to some extent. Necessarily, right. I would also imagine that it's really thrilling and exhilarating. Uh yeah. When I'm when I'm successful. Uh, one day when I grow up and become a man and I'm successful, I mean, I don't know if I'll be sitting around hooting and hollering, obviously, but it will, there will be a sense of achievement. Yeah. And I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but, and they, they, again, they say this guy, he he's his neighbor, 
This guy lived near Robert Card something like 10 years ago. This interaction, it's not even an interaction. This sighting that he said he, he had was about 10 years ago, and it's a great opportunity to implicate hunters and people who just like shooting sports generally that they're part of right-wing militias, even though there's no evidence to that effect. Right, yeah. Um, also, it doesn't matter. This whole point is moot because these, these were not random individuals. They were people that he thought were specifically plotting yeah. against him. I mean, so what? What does it matter? What his political orientation may or may not be. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure plenty of the people were people who just happened to be. Obviously, they're not people who. It doesn't sound like anybody was talking shit about him. Like, hey, you mm-hmm. suck, Robert Card. I hate you. He believed them to be doing that. So yeah, I mean, they, they weren't random. I suppose like people at a mall or at a school or something like that. They, the venue was yeah. chosen for a reason. Uh, there is one slightly unusual thing about the the shooter's weapon choice. To the untrained eye, card looks like he's carrying a usual AR, but this was actually an what AR-10. What the shit is an AR-10? What is an that? AR-10 is a higher caliber AR, uh, chambered oh. in 308. It's a larger, more powerful round than the two. So it's more of a killing machine. Yeah, well, uh, 308 is a common hunting round. You know, if you If you want to take down deer, you want to take down elk, or any other similarly yeah. sized animal, it's a popular round choice for that. Um, but it is not the common AR chambering of two two three or five five six. But Card bought this rifle. Uh, this is a Ruger SFAR. Ten days before he was hospitalized, uh, this is what I was referencing earlier. He went to nearby Keller Army Community Hospital at the U.S. Military Academy for a medical evaluation after Army Reserve officials reported Card for behaving erratically, according to a National Guard spokesman. That hospital visit happened July 16th, so he bought this firearm sometime around July 6th or early July, generally. And there's one piece of information that's being reported um, just yesterday and today that may not seem significant, but I think it's actually quite significant, at least in what sort of legal scrutiny there was on this guy. Because it's also reported that three months ago, Robert Card tried to buy a silencer. This is according to Rick LaChapelle, the owner of Coastal Defense Firearms in nearby Auburn, Maine. Robert Card came in and filled out the paperwork to purchase this silencer. And he, according to the owner of the shop, he checked the box that says he was institutionalized previously or in a, a mental health institution and then gun shop staff informed card that he is not legally able to get the silencer because of that institutionalization now several questions uh th- this encounter raises several questions number one what institutionalization was mm-hmm. card just referring to that hospital visit because that was he might have just been mistaken and believed that was a mental health institutionalization but it, it wasn't. So was he referring yeah. to that or something else? But as far as the government's oversight of this, did the ATF and the FBI clear card for this silencer? For those of you who aren't into guns or gun law, to buy a silencer, you have to get a tax stamp from the ATF. Mm-hmm. To get a tax stamp, you have to pay them 200 bucks, and you have to wait for them to complete a super-duper background check on you, which takes a couple months to complete or several months to complete. So the fact that Card, according to this shop owner, was filling out the paperwork at the shop implies that the ATF had already given him the tax stamp, meaning they had cleared him as legal to possess it. Because if I'm understanding this claim correctly, he's then filling out the transfer form 
at the shop, meaning the ATF has issued him the tax stamp, said, you're good to take possession of this silencer. You just need to fill out this transfer form. On that transfer form, he checked, yeah, I've been institutionalized for mental health. If that's what happened, that means that the ATF and the FBI took a, a, a very long, very thorough evaluation of this guy and said it's totally fine. He's clear as far as we're concerned. And for all I know, maybe maybe the timing with his mental health visit lines up with that. As far as I'm aware, he didn't have a prior criminal record. They're saying he bought that gun legally, which would which would tell me he didn't have a prior criminal record as, you know, as of July. But if this story is correct, the ATF and FBI background checked this guy through a process that can take months and apparently missed whatever mental health red flags existed in this case. Um, and the only reason he didn't get that silencer is because he checked a box on the transfer paperwork that says, yeah, I've been institutionalized for mental health. Yeah. Did the feds botch it here? I don't know. It's also it's notable. Possible. It's also notable that Maine, they don't have a red flag law, but they have a yellow flag law that allows police to pursue the removal of people's firearms. That was not exercised in this case. So per his, his behavior and his visit to the hospital and the army reports that he was acting erratically and the concern of his family, if police had decided this guy seems a little loopy, we know through his hunting and all his, the rest of it, that he has all these firearms, they could have petitioned a judge to take to, to confiscate those firearms. And this is not me arguing in favor of red flag laws necessarily. I'm just saying those legal avenues existed for police in Maine and they were not exercised. So it's whenever people are you know, banging on the table about red flag laws and about we need this law and that law. Well, there was legal infrastructure in Maine to confiscate his firearms and none of those legal avenues were taken. By now, you should just expect it by default. But of course, the bowling alley uh, that was one of the sites of this mass shooting was a gun-free zone. Uh, and very ironically, the signs outside of the bowling alley, well, they say, choose your weapon, little balls or big balls, I guess referring to the bowling balls that you can select. But a very small sign on the right-hand side of the doors reads... Uh, we kindly ask that you refrain from bringing firearms in this building, and we would appreciate it if you left them in your vehicle. Please keep our atmosphere family friendly. As though the, uh, well, as though gun possession is not family friendly. And it turns out that, that what's very non-family friendly is a crazed mass shooter ignoring that sign and bringing a rifle right into your bowling alley and gaming venue. Yeah. So uh, as far as uh, other political implications here, what about gun control? What about uh, legislative moves federally? Well, Biden and Kamala and Lewiston's congressmen are out calling for another federal assault weapons ban. I posted a video yesterday about the congressman from this district in Maine changing his mind to support a ban now. You can check that out if you'd like my full take on it. But Biden himself hasn't spoken publicly about it yet, as far as I've seen, except for at a campaign reception on Friday night. And he said the same sort of thing. He always says, who the hell needs an assault weapon that can hold in some cases up to 100 rounds? Of course, he said this right before sending thousands of assault weapons to Ukraine and Israel <laughs> and maybe more to the Taliban, too, for all I know. As far as the practical 
possibility here, though. It's not going to happen. Uh, asked about gun control, new House Speaker Mike Johnson said guns are not the problem. The problem is the human heart. This was in an interview with Sean Hannity on Fox News. Quote, at the end of the day, we have to protect the right of the citizens to protect themselves. And that's the Second Amendment. And that's why our party stands so strongly for that. Even if a new assault weapons ban passed in the House, it's not going to break the Senate filibuster. Even if it did break the Senate filibuster, the Supreme Court is unlikely to uphold a a so-called assault weapons ban, I think, uh, because the Second Amendment, per their case law, protects weapons in common use. The AR-15 is America's most popular rifle, if that's not in common use. Ain't nothing in common use. Nothing is. So I I don't think the assault weapons ban is realistic at all, but um, you might see... Maybe there'll be some iteration, like like what they did last year with their Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. We're going to have young adults under 21 super duper background checks when they buy guns. And we're going to close the so-called boyfriend loophole, which was a bunch of nonsense and, um, and just a bunch of peripheral stuff that's not that doesn't really do or accomplish anything, but is, of course, an annoying minor erosion at the at the rights of law-abiding American citizens, of course. So I doubt it, though. I think that Congress is going to be so wrapped up in in trying to, well, number one, make sure that foreign governments are funded, but then number two, make sure that our own government is funded after that. So I'd be shocked to see any gun control legislation get a serious push in Congress in the coming weeks, but I've certainly seen things more shocking, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, and the real issue that they're going to have is existing guns in circulation. Uh, so, yeah. I I don't know how they could possibly enact any kind of meaningful gun reform without straight up collecting people's guns. No, they always say they're not going to do that. And it's like, okay, you do realize you, there are millions and millions of ARs in possession right now. It's the most common so, gun, right? There are 330 million guns in circulation. Lately. Well, it's 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 reported consistently as the most common rifle choice, but there are a lot of rifle choices. So as far as how, I've, I've seen estimates as high as like 40 million in possession, I've seen estimates much lower, but that's kind of the point. Without a registry, you don't really know. Yeah, it's tens of millions is a safe bet. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And those of us that uh, have seen this coming or are concerned about it have been stockpiling ammo. So good luck. Yeah. Well, uh, I, as I've, as I've discussed previously, it's like uh, managing your finances these days is just the art of maintaining the value of a dollar. It's like, where can you put a dollar where it doesn't decline in value? You can't put the cash in ammo. your savings account. Mm-hmm. Ammo, maybe like, if you if you put it in crypto, depending on when you did, you've suffered a big loss. If you invested in the stock market, depending on when you did, you've suffered a big loss. Maybe Dude, precious it's so metals. Bad. But but ammo? I've been trying to invest a little bit of money, and everybody's like, "We'll put it in this money market account that's getting uh, five and a quarter." I'm like, "But you might beat inflation." There was seven percent inflation <laughs> last year, so okay, well, try, like, is that really the best we can do? Here? Try ammunition and AR lowers. Just dig a hole in your backyard and have a big chest full of ammunition and AR lowers. It's going to be a great currency in the new world. Bro, what are people supposed to do? It's going to be a lot of transfer fees, though. Man, I couldn't believe it. Uh, Inflation has hit transfer fees, too. People in the gun community. I haven't bought a gun for... I I recently bought uh, a handgun. And that was my first gun purchase in probably a year and a half or so. I've had a lot of things going on in my life and 
firearm purchases are not a huge priority at the moment, but this particular one was. And, um, and so I go to my old shop in town where I, that's been my reliable place, not only because they have a good stock of guns, but because they've they've had transfer. They've done transfers for like 20 bucks in the past. It's never super expensive. So if you're having a gun shipped in, it's got to go through a licensed dealer. You pay them 20 bucks for their services. And that's that. I had a handgun shipped into this dealer and they charge 50 bucks now on a handgun transfer. It's like, oh, my God. OK. I mean, that, this was an inexpensive handgun, dude. It's, it's like a $300 handgun. So you're talking about a sixth of the price of the gun for the service of filling out. And that's out only the, if you go through a dealer? But you have to. If you want it shipped from, I found a great oh, deal on a particular. Right. I found it through a great deal on a, from a particular online source. I was like, well, I'm going to pick that up. And then it ended up being 50 bucks when I went down nice. there. to, to And it's what's $50 for? It's just for filling out the stupid paperwork to comply with the ATF and the FBI and all that nonsense anyway. But man, my point is if you want to create a, a supply of AR lowers for a future economy, you got to figure out a way that doesn't involve transfer fees. Hopefully you have a store that just has a bunch of them hanging out on, on the shelf. Cause I'll go broke on the transfer fees. If I try that anyway. Uh, oh, it, it, there aren't, it wasn't just, uh, wasn't just, the main shooting, by the way, there were other shootings of similar consequence that received almost no similar coverage. In Tampa, a 22-year-old suspect has been arrested and charged with second-degree murder in a shooting on a crowded street. He killed two and injured 16. 15. Hey, no, well, I don't know. He looks like he might be Rachel Dolezal's son, but I, mm. <laughs> I'm going... I'm going non-white, and that's why this story doesn't matter very much. Well, the Chicago one, there's no way this one was white. Uh, 15 people. He shot 15, by the way. Five remain Holy hospitalized. Shit. And then there's the, yeah, there's the Chicago one. 15 people shot, including two critically injured, when a gunman opened fire at a Halloween party early this morning. Police responding saw a male suspect firing rounds into a crowd before fleeing on foot. The suspect was arrested but not identified. A gun was recovered by police, perhaps not identified because the shooter is... A minor? I'm not sure. Now the Dude, first these shooter. These people suck at killing people. These minorities. Well, no, I, I, I think they. I think a lot of the gang violence stuff is just rolling up to a crowd of, that has particular <laughs> allegiances that you don't like, and you've got a Glock with a 30 round mag in it, and you're just, you're just spraying. I mean, is, this is not precision shooting. This is the difference between black people and white people. So look at the, how precise this other shooter was. Well, in fairness, he was a firearms instructor in the military too. Yeah. Uh, and in fairness, he was using a pretty powerful rifle round as opposed to what There's I assume is probably nine millimeter. There's nothing stopping these gang, these gang, war, these gang folk from getting more proficient with firearms. There's nothing stopping. Them. Well, a, a Glocks are Glocks they can are go to the range too. and shit. Like, what's yeah, the problem? Bang for your buck. Glock is tough to beat. You know, he starts going with AR tens. It just gets expensive. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just saying this is a, kind of an example of like, okay, Bucko. Uh, <laughs> Then once white rage reaches level of uh, AR-10 deployment, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I, as, as far as this shooter, I'm going to guess based on, uh, well, I don't know. Th this this particular individual <laughs> was at the party. I'm going to guess he's non-white based on the demographic associations. But that's my only guess. Anyway, we got to get into new house speaker Mike Johnson, my sources say. I have to double check every time because I can't remember his generic name. But we I are have at to the piece so bad. OK, well, let's get okay. into the chats at the top of the hour here. I'll start with Rumble and then we'll come back to it. 
Uh, Holden Mulray over on Rumble says, Hi, Truth Seekers. The Axe class is great and Robert is superb. The book is dense with examples of salvation. It's good to continuously read through it outside class too as it maintains the narrative. God bless. Well, thanks. Um, Yeah, and thanks for participating in the Bible study. So what he's talking about is uh, we have moved into Acts in our second season of Bible study. We went through Genesis for three or four weeks. Now we're moving into Acts. And Robert, our Bible study leader, is guiding us through that. That's every Friday night at 9 Eastern. It's uh, a Zoom call that's open to anybody if you'd like to participate live. Uh, We do have a discussion and a question asking period at the end of the lecture. It's always an hour long, 9 to 10 p.m. on Friday nights. You can find that information on the Bible study page of my website linked on the homepage. And uh, thanks for the kind words for Robert, too. Um, Robert, I know, puts a ton of work into his Bible study lectures. If that's not evidenced by the thoroughness of the blog posts that he puts together. Um, and Robert does this just because he cares about this material so much. You know, this, this is something that is of intellectual, spiritual, philosophical importance to him. And so I really appreciate all the work that he puts into it to give me some understanding of scripture that I wouldn't have certainly as conveniently without him. And so thanks for, for praise for him as well. Uh, Yakko 1977 says lots of hysteria about the AR 15 again, but the internet is having fun. There's comical misinformation about the forward assist button. Does it shoot two, two bullets to make the bullets incendiary or sorry, does it shoot two bullets or make the bullets incendiary? I have seen, uh, some of those. It always is funny to see what the trolls can start and then get people to pick up on. The version I saw was the two bullet version that if you push the forward assist on the AR, uh, then it will it will do what Joe Biden was talking about. It'll cram more rounds into the chamber and you could shoot two, maybe a hundred rounds in the chamber, like Joe Biden said. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Hottie Torkman yeah. says, Matt and I once made love. He seemed quite compromised as I spanked him with a switch, but to my surprise, he grasped my throat and muttered, yeah, bitch. Uh, thank you for the, <laughs> the reference to uh, the guy from last week. That's disgusting. Adam Bombs. I don't know which is scarier, a cyclist that has been mortally injured or one that hasn't. That's a fair point. <laughs> At least I'm neutralized. Blonde is still a threat to society in this state. Uh, K Trimbox says, can't believe you guys aren't at least acknowledging the better than 50% chance that the FBI or the deep state set this guy up using the hearing aid. Yeah, I mean, he. he That's true. I mean, I don't think that they that they were speaking through the hearing aid, but. I understand why the FBI would target people with existing pre-existing mental illness. They're easier to utilize for their agenda. So if I found out that that was that, that's what was going on, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I suppose the, uh, trust me, I'm not going to dismiss any suspicion of the FBI uh, right away. I suppose the, the only question is if they were giving him, if they were speaking to him in the way that he says he was hearing voices through his hearing aids, yeah. Why would they target? Why is it the deaf cornhole thing? Why would they go after that? But maybe to give this point as much consideration <laughs> as possible, if the aim is just chaos in pursuit of gun control or whatever else they're trying to yeah. achieve, I guess you don't really care who who the victims are in that case. It's like, yeah, pick whoever you want. Just go shoot them up because we need that for some yeah. sort of narrative or political purpose. So maybe maybe that doesn't matter to them. Maybe they're just like, they latch on to whatever he does, which is cornhole down at the bar or, you know, stuff at the bowling alley and say, yeah, they, they knew that you sucked in that cornhole tournament. They told, they're all laughing with each other right now. They're all down there having beers and laughing at how bad you are at cornhole. You better go get them. 
Maybe. Thank you. Grossly underestimated how much I needed to size up in this costume. Oh, uh, I did ask you what size you needed. Apparently, I was it was like, oh, medium will be totally fine. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, baby's just been kicking me in the band. <sighs> well, I didn't know they had these like tight elastic bands on the bottom. That's not okay. very pregnancy friendly. Yeah. So much All right. You want to pick up a few uh, tippy and YouTube? Sure do. Every year, my costume, I just lose a piece of my costume throughout the show. Um, uh, yeah, that's part of the bit, I guess. This. Uh, Zor's. Let's see. Which I remember cool. now, by the way, Zor's mom emailed me because we can it's never Zor's. remember how to. Got, yes, yeah. rhymes with sores. And I said, Zor's, ma'am, I will remember. committed to memory. And will, so um, I will never forget. Thank you for that service. Well, on last Saturday, you claimed that Floyd had three times the lethal dose of fentanyl in the system at the time of death. He had um, 11 nanograms per milliliter of fentanyl in the system, in addition to 5.6 of norfentanyl, which I assume is metabolized. And 0.65 of 4-ANPP, which I won't get into, but are relatively close to fentanyl. Cumulatively, that 17.25 average overdose levels seem to have a high degree of variance raising from as low, ranging from as low as 11.8 to as high as 26.4. That means he either had 65% of a lethal dose or 46% more than a lethal dose if you're looking at the two extremes. Of course, he was also unhealthy, had meth, THC in his system at the time. From what I can gather... The three times figure was an exaggeration made by a Twitter bro. It happened to spread as truth. Keep up the good work and never let the U.S. draft you into World War Three. I won't die <coughs> for the bankers or Ukraine, and neither should y'all. That is true. And in that addition to that, news. people that have drug tolerances can routinely take beyond what is a fatal dose because this the the amount that causes fatalities is going to be skewed towards people that use the drug less for obvious reasons. Yeah. That so, range, I guess I don't know what to expect, but that range strikes me as pretty broad. Like a, a dose that's fatal to one person w- could be more than twice as much. They, uh, another person might need more than twice as much for it to be fatal. Probably but, he probably, he might, he might've been able to withstand having seven times more. Than yeah. But I guess dose. it makes sense. It's like, if you took the tiniest 90 pound woman, she, right. she would presumably take half the dose of a guy who's two fifty. you know? Yeah. But I, I don't think that he overdosed, but I think that hit the drugs were a contributing factor hmm. to his, to his death. No matter. We'll never know. Um, I don't think Thank he was you, murdered. Source. Jonathan Blonde, if one's wonderful sister Joanna, great baby name, I love that name, who is forcibly converted into being a fan, happens to be in St. Louis for a blues game. Where does she go to see the sights but not get murdered? I actually don't even remember where the arena is. The hockey game sounds like a safe bet, though. Is where's the hockey arena in St. Louis? I have hockey no idea. Arena St. Louis. Um, Enterprise Center. I Clark Avenue. No, is that you, dangerous? you go nowhere. Yeah. You don't, you're it's right downtown. You go nowhere. You go to this game and then you go home. I've heard Ferguson's nice. Great nightlife. Is that true? Totally. Yeah. I mean, if you want to like get some copper out of apartments and then resell it, Ferguson <laughs> is the place to go. I think um, the, uh, the copper rates have gone up too, right? You, you get a good <laughs> return on that. Yeah. Don't go, don't go anywhere. I mean, people will tell you like, Go to Ted Drew's. No, you go to West County and you go to Emo's and then you 
go to your Airbnb in Chesterfield and you, you go eat to your sleep. cracker pizza alone. You like eat your cracker pizza would. and your toasted ravioli and yeah. you watch an episode of Friends too soon and then you go to sleep. I didn't put that in the notes. Uh, do, do we owe a tribute to Matthew Perry? I don't know. I mean, I, a lot of my friends are like, oh, this is a Vax death. I'm like, but he was addicted to opiates for 40 years. I'm sure that probably was a factor, although I have to acknowledge the tweet that has now resurfaced where he describes himself. Or he, I think he says As the I most vaxxed ever. Couldn't I couldn't be more, be vaxxed, more vaccinated, yeah. I think is how it was phrased. Yeah. Well, he um, had an OD where his heart wasn't beating for fi- organically for five minutes. When was that? And this is it was a few years ago. And then um, because of his opiate addiction, he had a perforated colon. And so he had a colostomy bag for an entire year. So he's he was died when he was fifty six, and he was doing um, drugs incredibly heavily, like mixing uppers and downers, like really serious drugs, for forty years. There was a time where he was taking fifty five Vicodin a day. Mm. It's like I don't. I mean, maybe I'm sure the vax didn't help, but like, I don't think that this was a vax. He was. I I was amazed that guy was alive still. All right. Uh, I'll take your word for it. Oh, Tortuga. Of all the days I can't watch the Sunday show live, it has to be the day where I could have made snarky remarks about your costumes, dag nabbit. Consider yourself snarked. I do. I feel snarked. I feel sufficiently we, snarked. We can catch up on your snark at a later date, too. That's fine. Thank you, uh, Tortuga. Appreciate the it. last one for right now is I bought PN. Thank you. You're very special. Big ass, juicy ass. Where am I? Over a billion, 200, a trillion, 200 billion dollars. You're doing the same thing you did on Wednesday where I'm like, She's going to drop one at some point, but when? look at that big ass. Oh. Look at that big juicy booty. So it's just that one. That's the only I one just, you click. It's okay. my favorite. It's my favorite. And it's towards the top. Yeah. I just don't have the confidence to like get into, get in deep. There's some deep cuts in here. I'm trying to, there really every once in a while I clean it out, but yeah. Oh, Hitler, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Haven't deployed that for a while. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to the news. And uh, that starts with, uh, well, uh, a guy you've never heard of before. Uh, on, on Wednesday, this guy you've never heard of before until now, Mike Johnson, Republican congressman from Louisiana's 4th District, was narrowly selected as the 56th Speaker of the House on a party-line vote, with the exception of one absent Republican member. And no, that is not Mike's Johnson, Michelle Obama. It's Mike Johnson. And those are two very different things. And when I say that you've never heard of them, uh, of him, that's because even members of Congress haven't heard of him. He is the least experienced speaker in 140 years. Having only entered Congress in 2017, he did not hold any party leadership positions prior. He did not lead any committee uh, committees prior. He really is just a guy. And if I sound um, dismissive in that, I actually am not. At this point, I'm kind of in favor of like, Guy who has no prior history takes the gavel. Like, okay, I mean, I it the 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 people who have had who have waited their turn and been in DC forever don't have a great track record. So when I say that you've never heard of him, I don't mean to imply that that's a problem. I'm not necessarily looking for decades of experience in my speaker, and there are reasons to be. Nor is it a judgment of any of us. Yeah, I, <laughs> uh, there are there are reasons to be optimistic. Uh, about this selection. He apparently is a conservative guy. So you may consider that a win over prior speaker, Kevin McCarthy in his speech after gaining the gavel. Johnson 
uh, said that the greatest threat to our national security is our national debt. And I hear that and I think that sounds correct to me. Go on. The problem is, as we'll get to in a moment, he then says, tell us more about how we should give more money to Israel then. But don't worry, we're going to cut domestic spending so that we can give money to foreign countries. Okay, it's 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 not all bad. Um, He he's known to cite the Bible in his reasoning often. Which I say with full acknowledgement that I am uh, only a learner in the biblical context. But at this point, I consider that a net plus. If it's biblical citations, biblical understanding versus people who openly hate the Bible, count me on Team Bible. In 2020, Johnson was a defense lawyer during Trump's first impeachment trial, though that was a largely ceremonial role. Johnson also led some of Trump's legal effort to challenge 2020 election results and voted to block the certification of Joe Biden electors in Congress. One thing I do consider pretty encouraging about him. Uh, he, before he was uh, a member of Congress, he was a lawyer for the Alliance defending freedom. And I have a lot of respect for the Alliance defending freedom. I know that they're sometimes characterized as a hate group, but to be honest, that's really a badge of honor. That's the hit piece that I'm, that I'm chasing. Uh, the Alliance defending freedom is a legal organization that has argued several high profile, major legal cases, uh, including at the Supreme Court, they were uh, they represented Jack Phillips in the gay wedding cake case that Kennedy kind of ruined, but still went in favor of Jack Phillips. And then they also are representing the woman in the gay wedding website case out of Colorado, or they represented her. That case is decided. And that went in her favor as well. Uh, he also has done legal work. Dude, who for, cares? He's a he's a fake Christian that wants to give all of our money to Israel. We're talking about national debt. Fuck this guy. I'm trying to get I'm trying to have some optimism. Just a little. Can't you can't you give me a moment? Because I'm going right, to I'm going to one more moment. I'm going to shit on him in a second. Don't worry. OK, good. He's also done legal work for anti-abortion and Christian groups, even if Blonde says he's fake in his faith. He's fake. Uh, it's totally fake. Now, but reasons for pessimism, at least if you're pessimistic about the status quo, it would appear that obscene levels of foreign aid are here to stay, despite his concerns about our country's finances. As soon as Johnson gained the gavel, he said, our first order of business will be to support Israel. Later, uh, questioned by reporters, he said he, like everybody, supports more aid for Ukraine, but he will require conditions. And those conditions will be uh, named later. They are not specified at this moment. Fuck this guy. The country demands strong leadership of this body, and we must not waver. Uh, our, our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear, dear friend Israel, and we're overdue in getting that done. We all do. There, there's, um, we're going to have conditions on that, so we're working through it. What, kind of, what kind of conditions? We want accountability and, and, uh, and, and we oh. want objectives that are clear from the White House. But we're going to have those discussions and it'll be very productive. What does that even mean? Accountability? What? Yeah, you heard him. Accountability. So that all sounds fine to me. Now, uh, in fairness on the Israel commentary there, they passed some sort of you know, resolution saying they support Israel or they stand with Israel, that sort of thing. It's one of those sort of ceremonial gestures. So when he made that comment there, I'm not sure that he means my first order of business will be to cut the check or to send a bunch of military equipment. Um, but 
even if he's speaking about the ceremonial resolution in that case, it seems pretty clear that the intent is to issue financial support or support and other resources as well. Uh, and as far as how we're going to pay for this, like how do you square saying <laughs> that our country's so debt, debt. Is, our, is our biggest national security threat or our biggest national issue with saying we're going to send billions of dollars overseas? He says, well, we're going to find cuts domestically to pay for this foreign aid. So don't worry, we're spending less at home to shovel more overseas. This was part of Johnson's Sean Hannity interview. Johnson also says he wants to separate foreign aid packages for Israel and Ukraine, unlike Biden's proposal of um, one big $100 billion package to pay for everything. But you know so how you straight up said that, that we're going to pay for this by cutting domestic spending, uh, some yeah. of which might actually be essential. We'll find cuts to pay for foreign aid domestically. And we're going to require a clear strategy and accountability for Ukraine. So as long as Zelensky says, yes, I spent the money like you told me to signed Vladimir or whoever he pronounces his name. Yeah. Okay. So how, how is uh, the selection of Mike Johnson as speaker going to impact existing issues before Congress? Uh, Specifically, our own government budget, because, of course, the reason that McCarthy was ousted is because he agreed to a continuing resolution to fund the government for six weeks instead of getting uh, budget cuts from Democrats. And now that it's taken three weeks to pick a new speaker, there are only three weeks left until we're up against the same budget deadline again. So get a deal or the government shuts down. Well, Johnson is pitching a short term uh, funding bill. Oh, wait. I, I skipped Biden impeachment. I'm going to come back to this because I, I skipped over. Biden impeachment is continuing too. But as far as the financial stuff, um, he's pursuing a short-term funding bill uh, to prevent a government shutdown, specific still unknown. So ironically, this perhaps will be just another continuing resolution to fund the government for another month or two at status quo levels. Exactly what got McCarthy ousted and those who ousted McCarthy for that reason say that they're willing to give Johnson space to pursue this plan, saying that they trust him and that he inherited a tough situation. Now, it might seem uh, hypocritical to punish McCarthy for that continuing resolution and then turn around and give Johnson room to pursue what will be a, probably very close to, if not just a continuing resolution. It is worth noting, I think, though, that the context is not exactly the same. McCarthy was fresh off extending the debt ceiling beyond the 2024 election. He did that last spring. McCarthy has shown a pattern of flawed deals with Democrats. But Johnson is starting fresh here. So I think it would make sense that he needs a little bit of time to establish his leadership. I suppose that's why the different standards for the two. Uh, as far as Biden impeachment, like I just mentioned, uh, it sounds like that's going to or the impeachment inquiry. We're not at the, mm -hmm. the phase of bringing charges or going to trial yet, but there's an investigation into that. It sounds like that will carry on uninterrupted. It's being led by the chairman of the Oversight uh, Judiciary and Ways and Means Committees. The chairmen, plural. Johnson says uh, we have the receipts on so much of the Biden corruption now, and he believes there is a real problem there. The quote is, that's the reason that we shifted into the impeachment inquiry stage on the on the president himself, because it in fact, because if in fact all the evidence leads to where we believe it will, that's very likely impeachable offenses. 
That's listed as a cause for impeachment in the Constitution, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, one thing I think is also concerning, uh, at least in so far as as far as I've seen, it has not been updated, corrected, anything like that. I just think it's a potential warning sign. It was Mike Johnson's George Floyd take. And in fairness, he tweeted this thread on the day that it happened, May 29th, 2020. The tweets do remain up. They read in part, George Floyd appears to have been the victim of murder. A close review of the video can lead one to no other conclusion. And the tragedy has forced a spotlight once again on the plight of millions of black men in America. It is real heartbreaking and must be addressed. It's a, a long tweet thread, but here's one more quote from it. Here is a simple truth. Racism violates the most fundamental principles of our great nation and the rules of our creator, period. Ooh, that is an L if I've ever heard one. Of course, uh, the evidence that came out would make the claim of murder very sketchy, though. Did he walk this back? I I, I searched. I couldn't find because, you know, you're wrong. You're allowed to be wrong in the moment. I don't want to give the impression that, oh, he didn't say the exact right thing immediately after it happened three years ago. We can't trust him. My worry here is that this shows a, a potential tendency to cave to the worst of the left-wing narratives without having uh, a, a, a skepticism or perhaps a courage to question what they're saying right away. And to jump to conclusions, initial conclusions yeah, without well, modifying his statement upon further evidence. Both of these pieces, in my opinion, in my opinion, one is false outright can't even be debated. The other, I still think is false, but of course I would have to acknowledge Derek Chauvin was convicted of murder. I think that conviction mm-hmm. is flawed. I think that case is flawed. But the evidence that came out showed exactly what Zors was referencing. We know the 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 drug content that was in George Floyd's system. We know that George Floyd, through footage that was not released for months afterward, was saying to police, "I can't breathe, I can't breathe." Before he was before Derek Chauvin ever touched him. In fact, he requested to be on the ground in the way that he was. We know that. Um, but this racism part, racism was never an accusation at trial in the George Floyd case. There were. There was never uh, they never tried to say that Derek Chauvin was motivated by some sort of racial hatred. Oh, they, no, this guy has an adopted black son. Did you know that? I, I think I saw some headlines about that, but I don't I don't know the details of that. Mm. So, well, he can never be unbiased on racial issues. So. Well, saying that this was clearly some kind of racist incident, when even if you think that Derek Chauvin went too far, there was a valid basis for the confrontation and the arrest in the first place. George Floyd had just been trying to purchase things with counterfeit money at the store immediately prior. Granted, that doesn't mean he deserved to die. The question is, who's more responsible for that death? George Floyd himself or Derek Chauvin in attempting to arrest him? But my point is, the confrontation with George Floyd had nothing to do with racial bias or racial prejudice, nor did his death. Mm -hmm. And prosecutors at the trial did not argue that. That was not a piece of their case. So... You know, again, you're allowed to be wrong that I certainly have been. I will be on pieces of the show tonight. I'm sure it just whenever someone caves this emotionally to a left wing narrative immediately, that makes me a little nervous these days. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are uh, one one last piece for discussion, I think, is is worthy of consideration. It, it does seem a little weird 
that the Republican Party that couldn't unite for Steve Scalise and couldn't unite for Jim Jordan, that they could just suddenly and immediately unite for this guy. Mm hmm. The apparent opposition to Jordan in his failed votes was that he's too conservative. He's too controversial. He's too right wing. He's too Trumpy. <laughs> and swing district Democrats are afraid of having to defend their vote for Jordan when they go home seeking reelection or, or swing district Republicans. I mean, not Democrats. But Johnson votes nearly identically to Jordan. Mm. And Johnson has the perceived Trump baggage, too. He opposed election certification. He defended Trump in the impeachment process. So why would these people who oppose Jordan for all of those reasons suddenly get behind a guy who's just like Jim Jordan ideologically, but lesser known the convenient uh, or the, the conventional explanation, the one forwarded by reporters this morning. These are reporters who say they've spoken with Republican lawmakers is that there are two or three factors that explain this. Number one, Mike Johnson is very nice. So people get along with him. Because Democrats like nice people, I'm told. Uh, I guess that didn't that didn't matter in this case. Democrats didn't vote for him. But Republicans who are basically Democrats, that matters very much to them. Mike Johnson doesn't have the history of controversy. He's more of just a clean slate. And then the third explanation, everyone's just tired of the circus and they want to move beyond it. Here's that explanation. I asked one Republican, show me the person with the fewest enemies and I'll show you the next Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. And in this case, that was Congressman Mike Johnson. So his lack of experience, lack of time in office, being relatively unknown, ultimately helped him. I mean, one other Republican told me that he's kind, he has no baggage, no real legacy, but also you just had this general fatigue on Capitol Hill. We went through 14 candidates, four nominees, three weeks, and you had a lot of Republicans that were just ready to get on with it. And in terms of... Um, you know, his conservative credentials. Johnson is as conservative as any member of the House. That's something we need to keep in mind. I mean, as conservative as Jim Jordan, who tried to become speaker and, you know, didn't get the job. The difference for him is that ever since he was elected, he has tried to sort of strategically strike this balance, being with conservatives ideologically and how he votes, but not with them in how he uh, sort of approaches his colleagues. He was never a conservative who was saying, I'm going to ask so-and-so as speaker, or I'm going to take down a Republican bill. And because of that, he's been able to sort of bridge this divide. And he has friends with, you know, he's friends with moderates, uh, conservative or more traditional Republicans, but also has the respect of conservatives. And that's why he was able to sort of ascend like he has. I don't know. I'm actually inclined to agree with them. Hmm. And I think that people were just tired of the charade. Um, I would say that it was because he's a plant and his support of Israel, but Jim Jordan was equally as supportive. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of variation on that. And mm -hmm. I, I don't mean to present this as though, oh, there's obviously something nefarious here. Uh, I'm sure all, there's something nefarious here. All of that could be true. Mike Johnson, by virtue of his anonymity, does have little baggage. So swing district Republicans, mm. they get the campaign cover that they want, even if the ideology remains basically the same. And I'm sure that after three weeks of this, people actually are just sick of it. And they think, just pick a guy and move on because we don't want to do this anymore. Or there could be polling that shows that maybe Americans are sick of it and maybe these holdouts are worried about punishment from voters on that basis. There are a lot of reasons that actually could explain why people who were absolute holdouts against Jordan would suddenly flip and unanimously say yes without anything necessarily suspicious happening here. But if you want to put on that tinfoil hat, you might think maybe there is a better reason 
why everyone would suddenly just get together so quickly and unanimously behind this formerly unknown guy. And I'll just emphasize the point. No defections. Not yeah. one. Yeah. A, a total turnaround from a wall that was ironclad just days prior, so much so that Jim Jordan, I guess he didn't quit. They voted him out with a, a secret vote, whatever. But there was no way that these holdouts were ever going to be convinced to vote. In fact, as Jordan went, the votes fell away from him. He lost votes with, with each of the three. It, I think it's natural to question, were things agreed to? Were things promised? Were there commitments made? I'm sure people probably were sick of it. I just find it weird how these holdouts went from absolute opposition that can't be broken to breaking very quickly, unanimously, without one person still saying, I don't know, too Trumpy for me or, you know, too whatever, too Bible thumpy for me, whatever the concern is. Because everybody's need, needs were met. Whatever Maybe. specific needs or m- money laundering needs that they had were met. Zelensky's however needs corrupt, were met. You, yeah. yeah, however corrupt you think the federal government is, multiply that by a thousand. Probably. And that's really what we're looking at. So we will watch this speakership attentively. And uh, I'll give him a few months before they start hassling him like they did McCarthy. And we'll see how he responds. All right. You ready for hoax hate? Always. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? At American University in Washington, D.C., either the Nazis and the Zionists are at war for real or competing sides of the Israel-Palestine ideological conflict are competing for hoax-hate sympathy. First, a Palestinian employee, I guess he's a professor at this school and former student, he says a note was left in his office saying in part that all Palestinians need to die and hoping that he can die from a missile soon so that he can meet Allah sooner. I guess there's someone hiding in my office. What's going on? Terrified, confused. Wasim Aburakia Einhorn has spent a good portion of his adult life at American University as a student, then later as an IT specialist. He says when he opened the door to his office in Kerwin Hall to retrieve a left-behind laptop earlier this week, he saw a folded-up piece of paper on the floor. Not unusual until he opened it. What was terrifying it was what was written in it and as soon as they read it like this whole eerie feeling just took over my heart sank he called american university police among those who got a call that night was longtime friend andrew elkadi who is also an american university employee and palestinian i had my office checked the next day like in the morning to make sure there wasn't something in there i was like wondering sort of how widespread it was i wonder how widespread he was actually that is uh no. That's not a longtime friend. Those guys are gay together, 100%. <laughs> His longtime yeah, friend came over. They, you know what they are? They're acquaintances. I mean, we live together. They're acquaintances. Yeah, they... That's how gay. <laughs> yeah. That's totally. They, they, they're just like Josh Kruger. Mm. Uh, the full text from the note, at least as far as I can see in the story, go back to where, uh, go back where you came from. You might get lucky with a missile and meet Allah sooner. Death to all Palestinians. And then you look at the story. It's always hilarious when the uh, the university comment 
is way longer than the story itself or the note itself, because there's not actually that much detail to the story. The story here is four or five paragraphs. The statement from the university president, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight (laughs) paragraphs or so. Most of the story is just a statement from the university president about how much they condemn this and how sad it is and all that. Damn. Don't we have a go back to where you came from sounder? Yeah, it's in there. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) We'll do a little, never going to be good at this. We'll do a little training on the job, but they're they're kind of, <laughs> as I mentioned on Wednesday, they're kind of alphabetized. But except for I put all the gay ones up top because I need the gay ones. Oh, okay, you need but the gay ones. Right there. The one you're looking for is right there under the G's. Go back. Go back to where you come from. Okay. <laughs> he wrote the letter. Yeah. Uh, okay, and so and then last week there was another incident at American University. By the oh, way, yeah. the FBI is investigating. The so last uh, the last one. It's 100 percent of their job investigating fake hate crime. I think so. At this point, that's why they need more money each and every year. FBI investigating school is providing uh, counseling to everyone traumatized about hearing about this uh, hasty print off that was shoved under that door. But the university also says swastikas and a Nazi slogan were found graffitied in a student dorm last week. FBI investigating this case, too. But likewise, very little information other than this happened at Let's Hall uh, on the doors of two rooms belonging to Jewish students, as well as in a bathroom in that dorm building. And I searched and I could not find any images of these supposed swastikas or what the Nazi slogan even is. This could be as simple as just Sharpie work, like on the the marker board on a dorm door mm. or potentially in the stall of a bathroom or, of course, not even real at all. But the battle is on at American University. You have anything to say about that before we get to this uh, this gay church in your old neck of the woods? No, I mean they the chances of this happening, both things happening at the same university is. They were a week apart, so maybe that guy is the one who. Well, no, he wouldn't be the swastika guy, I guess. Or no, maybe he would be. I don't know. Maybe he's the swastika guy, and someone figured it out, and so they shoved a note under his door. Hey. Go back to where you came I think from. Okay? It's even less likely than this one in Renton. This one, I this is another case of these progressive churches, these like these churches that have more rainbow flags than crosses, which I never know how to interpret, because on the one hand, they're the exact sort of place that would victimize themselves and fundraise off of their victimization. On the other hand, they can't help but put obnoxious displays roadside oh, like they did in this around case. around their church, yeah. And so I could see a situation in which people are annoyed with it and they do take action. But this is in Renton, Washington, south of Seattle. The United Christian Church has a display of several doors painted in rainbow colors on its street side which say God's doors are open to all. Now, last weekend, someone drove over these doors, they say, as evidenced by tire marks in the grass. And the incident is being investigated as a hate crime. Tonight, police are also investigating a possible hate crime at a Renton church. Officers say somebody drove through a display supporting the LGBTQ community right in front of United Christian Church. They found tire marks right near the display, which is now scattered on the lawn. Police say this caused $1,800 in damage. Officers are asking anybody with information to please give them a call. Now, like I said, I'm very fascinated by these progressive church cases, and I want to figure out what's going on here because sometimes they're real. Uh, We've seen examples of that. But in researching the story, I noticed something very odd about this particular church in 
Renton. There's a history here. These mm-hmm. doors have been up since at least Pride Month of June 2019. Yeah. At which time they were vandalized similarly, not once, but four different times. And the church at that time created a GoFundMe that got them what? Cameras to stop any future incidents. Mm-hmm. Loud and proud with the words God's doors are open to all painted across them. Now you'll notice here a seventh door has been added reading love wins. And that's exactly the message that the church continues to stand behind. A true labor of love. These don't belong to the church. These belong to the community. Rebuilding a Pride Month display that has taken several hits in just the last week. It's been an emotional week. I have broken down into (laughs) tears a couple of different times. The doors were pushed down and picked back up. Then one was damaged and burned, it was replaced. Then four of the doors were removed by ATF and FBI officials Wednesday because three had firework-like explosive attached to the back of them, blowing holes right through them. In the same act of vandalism, one door had a Bible verse written on it, basically condemning anyone who is with someone of the same sex. The resilient rainbow-colored doors, once protected only by hope and prayer, now have some added protection. There's one up here. There's one on the other side, and there's one on our office building. Through a GoFundMe page, several people donated enough money for three surveillance cameras, putting eyes on the entire property. And it's because of that same community that there is added support for the church and the message on display as people gathered on the lawn of the church for a vigil. Oh, I wonder if a basket was passed around at the vigil. Yeah, seriously. Or if uh, it increased attendance. To their church, to yeah. their stupid commie church. Uh, this didn't happen. One would wonder, most pressingly, what happened to the cameras? I was told in that 2019 story that the entirety of the property was covered by these cameras. And mm-hmm. one would assume if you have repeat acts of vandalism on a particular display on your property, I would probably put all three of those cameras on that particular piece of the property because it's been a problem. So even if one camera were to fail, where were others what's what's going on here why the one spot that has been repeatedly vandalized on your property you don't have a camera on even though you raised sixteen hundred dollars in 2019 for the purpose of getting cameras and indeed you confirmed in a post on june 22nd 2019 i have gotten confirmation that the cameras are up and running at the church and yet we have no footage of the suspect in this case and we were both curious so we spent a little bit of time today Trying to figure out, since the FBI assisted in the prior hate crime investigation in 2019. No suspect ever identified for any of this. Not Honestly, even, the investigation ended with um, them asking for help, but I didn't see anything else after that. Did couldn't you? find it. And and they, the reporting I saw said that this was believed to be, if they found the person, that person would have been charged with a federal hate crime. And they couldn't do it. So the full force of the feds couldn't find this person. Uh, my guess is this is a tough economy. Donations are down. Attendance are down. Like you said, the church needs another jumpstart uh, for a vigil to get a little cash flow or more people involved in the uh, yep. in the congregation. All right. Anything else on that before we talk about the movie? Uh, let's talk about this. What? All right. I don't like that discouraging sound. In a world of movie references flying over his head... One man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. 
This week's movie is the 2014 spy thriller comedy Kingsman, the secret service in which the aimless son of a fallen British spy re-enters the agency, avenging his father's colleague and saving the world from a billionaire tech bro trying to kill everyone to fight climate change. From movie picker The Evolutionary Conservative, a fun romp of an action movie that takes the secret agent genre and adds new elements to it. The characters, action set pieces, and plot are all captivating for the type of movie it is, elevating the film to something more than you'd expect. Now, Jamie and Janie's AI art submission for the week, of course, they went to work on all of the characters. I was just bummed that I'm not the knife, the knife feet lady, but that's okay. I get to be Samuel L. Jackson instead, and maybe I'll get the black. Although I look like a white Samuel L. in this one. The you di- do. The digital yeah. blackface is pretty pale. <laughs> so unattractive. But as I mentioned, this is, uh, I, I guess the tech has has advanced because not only do we have the still image of the AR, AI art with all of us as the characters, but this week we have us reenacting a famous scene from Kingsman in which blonde apparently gets her revenge for me leaving her for tenant media. (laughs) That's pretty freaky. (laughs) It's like, it's very cool for this bit. But man, the the deep fakery is deeper than ever. You can kind of oh tell God. it's a little off, but it's pretty convincing. There are going to be so many porns. Yeah, it's. Uh, I suppose at this at this rate, if the chat is to be believed, both of us, I, I'm sure, I will. A lot of the super chats will become will be coming true uh, with this technology. I look good with dark hair, though. It was a pretty cool look, yeah. All right, oh your God. thoughts and your rating. Okay, I I hated this so much. Okay, I hated. I I okay. I, let me let me walk this back a little bit. I think this was like a really shitty era. It was two thousand four, right? Of filming two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Oh, I can't even say any of the stuff that I okay. I thought it was two thousand four. That's how much I hated the CGI. Um. <laughs> It was your wife. She's like, I like your hair. (laughs) Uh, I hated that there was this star-studded cast to distract from the plot issues. Um, And then I hated that I was supposed to like it because there was this element of destroying globalists. Like that was like that's the only thing that I that I like about this. I just I just fucking hated it. Um, The more interesting parts were obscured by this nonstop action thing, which means the messaging wasn't very important. I get it, you guys. spy movie and a spoof and a take on the bond and blah blah, blah. i love colin firth and i was like i fucking hate this i gave it a two out of five i might be being unfair but like i didn't think it was super fun to watch i don't know i judging by your reaction i guess you liked it a lot i loved this movie oh my gosh i absolutely loved it in the best way possible which is rolling in with no real expect expectation expectation or an expectation different from what you get Mm -hmm. and once the violence started hitting i'm thinking okay yeah i'm kind of into this but it's more than just that 
the central plot. I mean, I get why you might be so jaded as to think, no, they must. They're trying to do something to me here. Actually, they this has got to be like pro globo homo in some way. And it, it might be. I don't know. Yeah. But the central plot to me was just all too real. The idea of a billionaire tech bro creating some free or incentivized product for you to consume with the thinking that you're going to get free Internet in this case, but it's actually going to cause you to kill yourself or kill everyone around you. The yeah, reason the implants, yeah. the reason I appreciate that is because it's it's too real to what actually happened like five years after this movie came out, 2014, 2015, whatever it was. Um, and uh, but but also because I, the people seem to really love this movie. This movie performed well at the box office. And I know people a lot of people hold it in high regard, though. I can get why the it's because of the, the pro anal sex. message. <laughs> Maybe I have more to say about that. But it's it's fascinating to me that everybody could watch this movie, say 2014, 2015, and look at it and say, okay, yeah, Valentine, Samuel L. Jackson's character, obvious evil guy, trying to bait people in to, to something that's going to kill them. In this case, it's incentive-based. Like, you'll get free internet for all time if you consume this product. In the case of COVID, it was more fear-based. It was like, if you don't do this with the vaccine and all the shutdown and all the other nonsense, then you're going to get this virus and this virus, even if it won't kill you, it'll kill all the grandmas and everything. But it, it's just fascinating to me that people could see a movie and think clearly a bad guy. Good that he was defeated. Then see something that is almost a carbon copy of that plot. Not perfect, but very closely related and think, yeah, but it's like a point, a point one percent chance of killing me. I definitely have to do everything that the billionaires tell me to do. They obviously have my best interest at heart. I know it's more complicated than that. People submitted for their own reasons that even if they had skepticism in their mind, they thought they had their job to protect or their education to protect. It's not quite as simple as everyone just going from someone who's skeptical of people in power to becoming a sheep uh, immediately. But I think there's a little bit of that. And that's why I, I liked this central plot so much. The action was incredible uh, to me. It was like, it had that video game feel really awesome use of speed to make it feel really intense, slow down, speed up. So a little bit of first person use in there. Uh, you they, had a judge dread thing going on, but way better than that. I mean, dread is earlier, but it, it was sort of, yeah. I, I could see your, your point uh, that it's, it's, I guess they're closer than I thought. It wasn't dread 2012. Maybe I, or was it earlier than that? I can't remember. I just kept thinking about that movie for some reason. The bar fight kind of sets the tone. There's, of course, the initial scene that we, uh, the version of which we just showed uh, with the professor rescue. But that that church scene, man, that church scene is the height of it. Uh, it's it's as brutal as it is beautiful in its creativity, and, and not just the combat itself, but the creative thinking and how the people die in sequence. I loved the the fight with the knife in the Bible. The axe to the throat, the the unsevered head on a spike at the end that didn't do anything for you. No, oh my god, it was great! It. And the reason I knew I had seen this somewhere, and it took a second for my brain to refresh. But that church scene was one of the most controversial Trump memes of his presidency. This was a what? lot like the Trump wrestling meme where CNN blackmailed the author. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Kingsman church scene was edited in 2019 to portray Trump brutalizing fake news outlets. I should have prepped it to play, but I don't have it handy. You can go and find the link in my review. But what the author of this particular edit of the video did was um, Harry, Colin Firth's character, had just had Trump's head on him. 
and Trump was ev- everybody else who he was shooting and stabbing and fighting was CNN and Huffington mm-hmm. Post and all the various news outlets and like Obama and Hillary and the rest of them were in there. And this video apparently played it was played by someone at a Trump event at one of his Florida resorts. And then Trump was pressured to disavow once this report came out. I had seen that video at the time. I remember we talked about it at the time. I didn't know it was from this movie. The, the, my only complaint about the church scene is it, I wish it went on longer. And the original version of the scene was supposed to, it was seven minutes in the original cut. It was oh, really? cut down to like the, they live, that they live fight scene. Yeah. Three and a half in this one. <laughs> so I loved the action. I thought it was really great. I'm surprised you, did you at least like the pastor at the, at the hate church? <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of propaganda-y too. Kind of. Like I gather that I'm not supposed to think that he's uh, appealing, but, and I'm not saying he's appealing to me because of the, uh, the demographics he is choosing to demonize, but I'm listening to him and thinking, well, I mean, our filthy government does condone sodomy and divorce yeah. <laughs> and abortion. He's right. <laughs> and all the other degeneracy. Like when he's saying, could you deny that this is the antichrist at work? I'm like, well, it's something at work. This guy's on it. He's not totally off. So I thought that, yeah. I thought that was a hilarious lead into the fight. The, the lesbian car stunt driving. Okay. Everybody knows how much I love the Subaru WRX. That car scene, uh, contrary to, to common claims, lesbians drive outbacks. Apparently that's what the shooter, Robert, uh, card drove was an outback. The WRX is an awesome car, no matter what they've done to the current iteration of it. But I was looking at how they achieved this chase in reverse. They actually rebuilt the car so that the engine was in the trunk and the the steering wheel and all the driver, everything the driver uses to operate the car was facing rearward. That's how they did it. So they had a guy driving facing trunk side to achieve that. Uh, Some some philosophical themes about this movie I actually appreciate because after I was finished watching it, like I get it, it, it you, on the surface, it seems like, okay, classic bad guy, good guy stuff. Bad guy wants to dominate the world. Good guys, stop him. Nick of time. All right, whatever. Who are actually the good guys? If anybody though, because I keep thinking about the Kingsman Kingsman agents. And it's like, well, they're only really good in so far as they defeat the bad guy. Cause their methods are, are pretty dirty. Actually. They're, they're invading others privacy with their spying. They outright kill people, some of whom are only mildly threatening. Some people are just inconvenient to them. They meddle in foreign countries. That's the nature of Eggsy's dad's death. Plenty of other immoralities. And then when Harry explains the uh, organization's, uh, when he explains the organization to Eggsy, he he justifies it by saying, well, it's it's all pursuant to the greater good. I mean, that that is an ends justify the means philosophy. It's moral only insofar as the worst guys they're not as bad as the worst guys right. in the plot. Um, but then I thought, I was like, these guys kind of suck. Like they're, they're actually kind of bad guys in many ways. Then I realized though, at least they they have the decency to be a private agency. They're not government actors. So they're not extorting me to fund their spying on me, which is a little bit nicer. So I give them a little bit of credit for that. And then uh, I just love this part when Harry first meets Eggsy as an adult when he gets him out of jail and he, he quotes Ernest Hemingway and he says, there's nothing noble about being superior to your fellow man. True nobility is being superior to your former, uh, your former self. And that's a piece of philosophy mm. I've talked about many times, but yeah, it, it's just as true in, in practice as it is in mindset or philosophically speaking, just because you're better than somebody else at something doesn't mean you're good. You might be the smartest kid in special ed and 
if you want uh, satisfaction and happiness in life, you're not going to get that through comparing yourself to others because there's always somebody who's better, smarter, faster, with only the rarest of exception. So if you want to put yourself on the path to prosperity, you compare yourself to yourself yesterday. And if you're an improvement today, if you're better today than you were yesterday, that is that is how you make that progress toward the, the most ideal form of yourself. And I just appreciated the way that was articulated. All right. I, I loved this movie, as I said, but there were a couple things I that that irritated me a little bit. One, okay. one critique uh, that I don't hold, but I could see someone holding. So I thought it was worthy of explanation. And I think maybe you fall into this. If you don't love that kind of outrageous over the top violent style, if you're not into that dressed up slapstick, I don't know. I, I like Sin City and hmm. I, it's, it typically doesn't bother me, but there's something about this where I just hate it. If that's not your thing, I could see have this movie bothering you. I thought it was incredibly well done and hilarious. So it was it was perfectly done for me. But as I'm far as things, you enjoyed it, it's nice to hear you like a movie. I've had I liked Braveheart. I like I've had a couple. Uh, spoiler alert: five wiki ratings recently. But like a fun movie. It's been yeah. A while. Uh, yeah. It's been a while since I've had one that was like a five for comedic or just kind of fun to watch reasons. Um, I, I hated the character Roxy though. Roxy mm. is a Mary Sue. Roxy is a, just a, a perfect female character who's better than men at everything somehow and has no personal flaws or anything interesting to contribute in any way. Yeah. By far, mm. uh, by far the most boring piece of what was otherwise a thrilling movie. Uh, as I wrote in the review, they should have had her make that awkward proposition at the end because she's due for some humiliation. <laughs> Instead, it went to the Scandinavian princess or whatever she was. And this bit, yeah. like, I, I'm not... <laughs> pearl clutching about this where it's like oh this is so gross and it's so whatever about if people haven't seen the movie or don't know what i'm talking about when the when the end of the movie comes and the main character is set to save the world he finds a scandinavian princess in in the jail cell and she needs rescuing and he says well i've got to go save the world but i'll come back for you will you give me a kiss when i come back for you she said if you get me out of here i'll give you more than a kiss she says something to the effect of we'll do it in the asshole and he she says exactly what she says. Yeah. And he says, well, I'll be right back. And then he comes back and um, makes good on that offer. And number one, I just didn't think the joke is all that funny, but I actually don't really get the joke because it's such a. The, the, the truth of the joke is lacking to me. It's like if you had a, if you were propositioned by an incredibly attractive woman who's giving it away for free, number one, be skeptical. But number two. If she says whatever you want, you're picking anal. Am I? It's a it's a generation of men that have been destroyed by porn, and then this homosexual agenda got in through porn because of some people. Some people did some stuff, okay. and now all men think that uh, they want to have anal sex, which is like the gayest thing you could possibly do, even with a woman. This whole uh, yeah. butthole thing is just subversive nonsense. Might as well be a also, guy. Also, no women. No women are into this. Like if a woman is like, I'm into anal sex, the chick's a liar or like a, a huge whore. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. You'll be shocked to learn. I don't have a lot of experience with such women, but I assume that they are. Uh, they are out there. I just didn't understand that as a man. Like, OK, an attractive woman says, how about you have at my ass? Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I mean, there are. There are other incentives I'd rather to how wholesome you are. It's there are other incentives I'd rather pursue. But that's a very minor point 
in the movie. So overall, uh, I gave it a five wiki rating. We love you. You're very special. And to me, it's one of the best surprising greats in the show's movie review bit. And those are the ones I love to watch the most. Sometimes I expect movies to be great, and they are. The ones where I have no idea what this is even about, and it turns out to be... The reason I love it so much is because I think it it's one of those rare movies that checks all the boxes. And I oftentimes... When movies fail to do this, I criticize because it's like, just pick one thing and do it really well. But I thought that this was... It was excellent in its comedy. I thought it was excellent in its tension and its action. And I thought it was excellent in its philosophy, too. Did you and give so, Citizen Kane a one? Citizen Kane is one of the worst movies ever made. There, there are there are more women who actually like anal than people who actually like Citizen Kane. They just lie. False. About it. That they is just, that <laughs> is just untrue. That's just not true. It's I'm sticking with it. Uh, all right. As far as audience reaction uh, in the early vote here, yeah, people generally like. It. We got a solid majority, something in the neighborhood of seventy percent, giving it a four or a five. Uh, there's a little bit of hate. You got maybe uh, a little over a quarter of people giving it three, two, one. So most people uh, like this movie a lot, but I could understand why someone might be annoyed with it. Next week, we got Scarface, a classic I've never seen. Oh, really? Yeah. It's uh, hella violent. It's another long one. I looked it up two hours, 50 minutes. So set aside a block of time. And as far as uh, what's up next after that, uh, remaining nominations for November from listener Alex M. are Memento, Equilibrium, The Hateful Eight, In the Mouth of Madness, Baby Driver, Arlington Road, Harsh Times, or of course you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top-rated movie instead. As a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, or sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of those things is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt Christensen media.com or Matt is Hmm. All right, let's hop over to uh, our chatters before we say goodbye for the night over on rumble. uh, Let's see. Hillbilly Deluxe says, Blonde, please cut off that plastic price tag thing on your helmet. Do you still have the uh, tag on it? I think yeah. I did. I, I did and my wife cut it off for me. I don't see it, no, though. I don't see it. I Maybe it's I on there it somewhere. That thing is so distracting. It looks like it's coming out of your left ear. Nope. I, nope or maybe it's earbuds. I don't know. Or maybe he's making a joke that I don't get. Perhaps it's probably something hilarious that's over my head. Uh, shadow band says, are you going to do super chats in a new show the same way before, like less than $10. Also, Lance Armstrong is impressed with your outfits. Well, thank you, Lance. Um, as far as the format for how super chats will happen on the, the new show that I'm bringing over to tenant on Wednesday nights, that is not yet decided. I don't know the answer to that. And there are some questions about the format of how this will all work, which again is at my direction. But one thing that I want to do one opportunity I want to pursue a little bit more on this new hour show on Wednesday nights. It's not going to be guest focused exclusively. Like every week is a new guest for the full hour. But one thing, one opportunity I want to pursue is trying to get interviews with newsmakers, the people in the news that we're talking about. If I can get them to come and talk about those events, it's very hard to do. Of course, we try that on this stream and um, with varying luck or degrees of success. Uh, in this case, um, you know, it, the Sunday show is 
I love the Sunday show. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's also like its own thing. And I, I fully understand why someone who like we've had pretty big gets before that is like, I'm like that close to locking down until their lawyer decides that they need to review the show. And it's like, Oh, they, they were, they heard us talk about, um, you know, whether women lie about anal or they heard the super chatter talk about X, Y, or Z, or they heard blondes, um, commentary about uh this you know those people or this people or whatever (laughs) or they heard me say something i'm not even exempting myself from that what i'm saying is i um i would like an opportunity to have something that is a little easier yes for people who might not be willing to go fully into like the deepest depths of the internet and it's my hope that this will be an opportunity for some of that uh, but that said, I would expect a format that's kind of similar to the Sunday show. We'll be doing news breakdown. We'll be talking about whatever's going on during the week and all that. Um, I just don't know exactly what the format is going to be just yet. Mm-hmm. So thank you for uh, the question on that. appreciate it. And of course, as soon as I know, uh, I'll be discussing that. And again, the expectation is that that show launches on November 8th. But there, as you can imagine, like the other thing about Tenet that I'm really excited for this is a straight up from scratch launch. Like there's no yeah. existing thing. There's no uh, giant website that they have already built. There's no giant channel that's already established. It's like all of us are coming together to kind of try to, to bring some eyes to one place. And that is exciting in that it's really cool to build something fresh and be a part of a project from its inception. The downside is there's a lot of stuff to build and a lot of things to organize. And so when I say that the plan is for the show to launch on November 8th, I emphasize plan because plans can change, not because I intend to change them, but because there are a lot of people that have to press various buttons to make it happen. And so, uh, you know, I'm playing along with that and we'll, we'll get there. It's my, it's my hope that November 8th is the launch date. If it's not, it'll be shortly thereafter. Now we're good on Rumble. We're good on Odyssey. Good on DLive. Thank you guys over there. Appreciate cool. it. All right. Who's the I bought PN was the last one. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, Tortuga. Of all the days I can't oh, watch, I just read that. Knuckle Hunky yeah. Banksy and I once had a Halloween hoot nanny. She wouldn't give me the candy. So I pulled down her panties. I looked at her fanny. So she tried to brain pan me. I gave chase, but she outran me. But when she realized how I looked so manly. The way she popped for my apples was truly uncanny. Happy Halloween, Matt. Blonde audience, family. Thank you. That one was spicy. Holy cow. Uh, oh, my God, bro. Banksy referring to Robin D. Banks, not the famous street artist. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Knuckle um, Hungry Bug. Happy Halloween, by happy the way. Happy I'll read this. Mint 20 says, reminder that the reason Israel had to be recreated after World War II is because Jews launched three separate genocidal revolts against the Roman Empire, leading Hadrian to destroy Judea and expel all Jews from the region. They never seem to talk about You're actually, um, Masad is already on the way to your house and you're going to get canceled. <laughs> actually, that was the dot, dot, dot. They, they, <laughs> yeah, they killed him before uh, he finished writing. Before he finished writing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really wish that we lived in a world where all topics of conversation were on the table. And I mean, all topics of conversation. Um, so I hear you, man. Rami and uh, Blonde, I was hoping you would dress as the toe. Do you mean the toe I have in the other room? Oh, yeah, that must costume. be that. Like the actual toe, Weird. the actual severed toe that you are in possession of. Uh, Danny from Montana. 
life comes at you pretty fast. I got engaged. I'm getting married this year. I bought a house and my white fiance is pregnant. I also got furloughed, but I have accepted a better job elsewhere. God doesn't close the door without opening another. Congratulations. That's um, so great. I'll have to just circle back with you. No, I hit the wrong one. I meant to hit. I pulled the blonde. <laughs> that wasn't a problem. Congratulations, say, butthead. Congratulations, butthead. No, that is very cool, man. Um, congrats. That's excellent. And and my experience with life is very similar. It's like you start mm-hmm. you start making one big serious move and the others kind of fall and into they place. They fall into place. And yep. um and it, and the last year has been very similar. It's like my my wife, we we were lucky to for her to get pregnant quickly after we were trying again. That necessitated a move to a house to a new house. A few parents, months, yeah. A few mm-hmm. months later, Lauren Chen comes to me and says, "Hey, I'm working on this new project. Are you interested in participating?" And it's like, well, that's that's cool. That's uh, the new sort of opportunity that I could really use for a whole bunch of reasons professionally. And so. Um, yeah, I mean, when we talk about things of religious theme too, it's like I don't. I know people get frustrated when I say that I don't know what the truth about Scripture and Jesus Christ and the origin of the world and morality and all of those things are. I can tell you for sure that in a whole bunch of ways, my life has improved greatly since I began an investigation of that. And I do take notice of that. I take note of that, and I think it's very important. And mm-hmm. um, so, Danny, I'm glad you're having a something of a, you know, a, a, a similar experience for yourself that it's like when you make one serious move in pursuit of the right things, all of a sudden additional right things present themselves. And yep. uh, it looks like you've got everything that is worthwhile under control. So congratulations to you and, and your wife and uh, all the best with your new son or daughter. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh, Boogeyman nine one seven says happy Halloween. Thank you. Knuckle hundred. Are Halloween. you really going to host a show on the same network as one of the kids that sang Mbop? Is there somebody that looks like a Hanson guy in there? <laughs> no, his name is Hanson. Oh. Uh, yeah, you feel old yet? This is uh, the kids from Hanson now. Um, no, uh, I think they're older than us, aren't they? I Taylor Hanson's very young. He's in his early twenties. Oh, is that um, beard guy? He's the beard man. He looks like the yes mm-hmm. meme, which oh, I think is does. very cool. And uh, I didn't know much about Taylor Hansen until I've had the opportunity to speak with him a little bit through this project. And without revealing too much, uh, it's publicly known. So I can say this. So I can say this part of it, at least. I didn't know that much about his work, but he was there when Ashley Babbitt was shot. In fact, he has some of the video of the event itself. And as far as guys who will tell you exactly what happened when the... uh, Capitol police guy shot her at that door that day mm-hmm. he knows everything about it i was really fascinated by that i didn't know that about his history but uh the and my understanding for his um his work he's going to be doing a lot more on scene type stuff like more traditional reporting going to where news is happening and and doing reporting in that way for tenant uh and if so i i hope that there's an opportunity to work together because I think, I mean, he's one of those guys that's willing to actually go into the dangerous places to find the story. Yeah. And I respect he's that. Got that youthful vigor. Yeah. I, that ain't me. Yet. I want to sit at my desk far away from that bullshit. <laughs> and I want you to call into me and tell me what's going on. That's, yeah, totally. That's what I And do. then we'll interview you yeah. from the comfort of our own home. Yeah. Which, uh, and that's why I respect it, man. I've straight up. I am too big of a coward to do it. It's not that I couldn't, if I had to, but I don't well, want to, I'm not, to, but I'm not doing not, that by choice. I'm, I'm not, not putting myself it. in that kind of danger and putting my family at the risk of being fatherless 
for some sort of left-wing nonsense. And I'm not saying that's what Taylor's doing. I'm saying that he's got courage to go to those kind of places. Totally. And that's a, that's a really valuable asset to have. Yep. Yep. Uh, Marty McFly, now that you're expecting, expanding, Matt, would you ever do a political debate? I feel like you could wreck AIDS, commies, Cedar, Pacman, Bausch, et cetera, might get more eyes on the channel and help grow. That actually is a great idea. Yeah, I'm open to it. And maybe that will be a result of it. Um, my, the only rule I would have, because I've, I have done, um, I haven't debated anybody of that audience size, but I have done different sorts of debates for different reasons on my channel a few times, not recently. It has been a little while, uh, mostly because it's just impossible to organize these things, but I will never make the mistake of doing a moderation free debate ever again i've had a few bad episodes of that where you think even someone who disagrees with you is going to be good faith about it and then yeah and they're not it all devolves you got to have a moderator that you really trust and you got to kind of have some rules that you agree on otherwise the whole thing falls apart yep but i'm certainly interested in that uh just got to be it's just got to kind of have the right venue or the right format yeah yep um not which one of you gets custody of me and which one gets custody of banksy i get you I call it. All right. Fair enough. I will take Robin. (laughs) This pursuant to the divorce proceeding. I forgot that that was the context that we're splitting up. Right. Ordinarily, I would love for the bowling enthusiast to see court and max punishment. But when I heard he was still at large, I hoped that I would hear found unalive with self-inflicted gunshot wound to think of the damage he could have inflicted. He also said, why do the feds seem to have some sort of info of them before they happen, but are unable to stop them? Unless of course it's a certain kidnapping plot <laughs> of a certain Northern governor, by the way, I love YouTube censorship. Fed, 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 at, fed, at this point, fed, fed. I'm not willing to um, discount any sort of fed corroborated shooting events. Like, uh, yeah. I, I wonder mean, what the timeline was that. I don't know. They, they obviously found his body on Friday night, but mm-hmm. as I've not seen any reporting about and they probably don't know. I mean, but did he go straight from the shooting to this place and shoot himself? Or was there, we didn't know uh, where he we'll was for know, a period yeah. of about 48 hours. How long of that 48 hours was he actually on the loose and alive? I'd be curious to know. And even if there's nothing more to it than daily mail saying, um, just getting it wrong and walking that back and it's not really like a tinfoil thing. I would like an explanation for how that happened. Cause it's such a specific thing too. It's not like, Oh, um, we thought he died of a drug overdose, but it turns Dude, out it was a gunshot suicide. Daily mail just chronically misreports things on accident. It could be that. Time. Yeah, yeah. It could just be like bad journalism period. That's it. But it's such a specific thing to say two shots <laughs> to the head. Where did you get that information? That they had to they come lack from journalistic integrity and attention to detail. Like I'm always reading articles about actresses and it'll say like Paris Hilton, 39 in the headline and then in the body it'll be like paris hilton 47 i'm like does nobody even read these before they come out daily mails of you know they're hacks but you can't I'm quit com- you're all about I it can. no i had to delete the app because it stopped updating and so i was like all right i guess i'm done with daily mail. Hmm. um comment in hands the bad news no more call show the good news blonde can play sounders so this will be hilarious q jp's aids wasn't good could have killed us all from now on also, Lauren AIDS. Chen will be that Yoko. That wasn't a plus. Could have killed us all. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Also not commonly deployed. You know what one I need to That's bring true. back? I love the Brad Pitt one. You're acting queer. Oh, yeah, it's so simple. 
I know you hated that movie, but that was a valuable contribution from hated this movie. The more. Jesse, what was it? Uh, the death of the coward Jesse James, or what? it was the it was about Jesse James, but it was or no the assassination, no the of assassination the of Jesse James by the by coward, the coward Robert Ford. Right, that's what Jesse James was not the coward. Bane Coof Pence meant every word Grace Fordian slip ever. He got his cut of the Ukraine laundered money. Maybe that's why he was in it. I'm just here to make sure that the next guy sends enough money to Ukraine and then I'm out. Understatement. These two videos on tenant is a mistake. Mm, do the sticks model, put them both on channels and do exclusive extras for that channel. Conservative media always tries this garbage. Just add to what already works. Well, well if there's anything that Skag loves, it's being told what to do and how to run his own problem production. Is you, so. how, how do I make more videos? I need more hours in the day to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I have unlimited videos to post all over. But here's the thing. Nothing about what Tenet is saying to me says that I can't do that. If I want to post yeah. a video on my channel, I can anytime yeah. I want. Anytime they want just to. want the rights to host two of them each week. Mm-hmm. And at current capacity... That's about what I can produce while maintaining sanity and being able to spend time with my family and support them and do all of and that. And still do but, this show, yeah. But I take your point that, like, the point that you're making is you don't want to be dependent on them. I'm just making the, the counterpoint that I'm not. That actually mm-hmm. they are entitled to have a piece of a product that I make because I'm right. I'm giving them that right. But they don't have any say over well I over whether I come back over here and post something to my channel, whether I can post to my channel or what that material might be. Right. right. You know, if I want to make another stream on Friday night or if something important comes up that I want to post only to my channel away from them, I have full rights and control of that. So, yeah, I, I probably should have clarified that a little bit better just because they will be hosting two doesn't mean that I am prohibited from posting any more on my channel. It's just the plan for right now because I don't have the capacity at the moment to make more than that and maintain sanity. Like, could I pump out a video every day for the sake of doing that? Probably, but two things. What an awful life though. Number one, I just, they wouldn't be as thought out as I want them to be. And so I think I would miss a lot of stuff. It'd be a lot more surface level. It just wouldn't be as, wouldn't be what I want to make. And then number two, if I tried to make them at a, a high quality, and what I mean by that is like thorough with the information and thoughtful about processing that information, I would lose my mind because I would just be, I'd, I would have DVTs all day, every day from sitting at this desk, <laughs> staring at the screen. That's what Vain thrombosis. Oh, I DVT. forgot about your DVTs. Yeah. So I, I, I take your, um, I take your point understatement and, um, and I understand where you're coming from. And, and again, when people have skepticism about this, I, my initial reaction is like, you got to push back because this is clearly the right decision. And I believe that it is. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't. But I also need to temper myself and understand like, yeah, the reason that people are concerned about that sort of thing is because they've appreciated what we've built so far and they don't want to see that compromised or taken down or fall apart for some reason. And so I, I really appreciate that thought uh, too. And I can tell you, I mean, I'll, I'll just emphasize once again, if it all goes to crap over there, I just come right back home. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I go back into my YouTube jail cell and they say, well, now you're down to 235, <laughs> whatever. And you'll never climb again because we won't show your videos to anybody. But that's okay. You know, it, like it's um, th- that's that's fine. 
I just think this is an opportunity to work with a lot of people who, who value my material and think that we could do some more with it. Yep. Um, shoot. Raggle, Fraggle. Congratulations on your partnership with Tenant Matt. I know it'll get you the audience to support you that has long been overdue. Blonde, I have more reels for you to watch and your newfound free time. Stop sending me stuff. God. Thanks for the well wish. We love you. You're very special. And all the best to your family as well. Kaiser and Gilroy. Kanye apparently has angered Adidas and drew a swat so I just wanted to know if it was backwards. Did anyone notice? Also, was it against the law? Who's going as LaDonna for Halloween? That's a deep cut. We should have done that that one year. How do you create a LaDonna costume? It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. And by the way, this is the first LaDonna Halloween because we only became aware of her last what? November. That doesn't even seem possible. I yeah. feel like she's been with us for so long. You know? Yeah, well, she can't she's, do this anymore. <sighs> she maybe is the most clicked soundbite. So clicked. Well deserved. It's so hot in here. One of the funniest um, one of the funniest segments in the history of the show was just watching you crack up in genuine appreciation for her hatred. It, it was it was well, great. Something yeah. really wholesome about about LaDonna. Yeah. I just want to hang out with her, you know. Uh, Bahana fam. I used to watch Tim Pool to know what idiots are talking about, but after his interview with Chank, I can't anymore. Tim will be nothing more but a smooth brain, smooth headed, dirty commie stay away. I didn't watch this. Did you? I, I have not. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a bummer that you didn't enjoy it. I don't, I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Um, but I can tell you that, uh, well, you know, I have plenty of respect for Tim. I've been defending Tim on this show since long before. Really uh, has. Since long before. That Ted. was in but, Matt's contract though, that I have to stop making fun of Tim Pool's. <laughs> head shape there's no sitting no um tim tim actually was talking about tenant he had very nice things to say about me and I, I appreciate that very much of course um tim said on his show that he wasn't that sincere about working on this project until they told him that i was on it which oh, i thought cool. was an incredible compliment um See, now and, are you open to the possibility of butt sex though? I, i'm getting there no of course i respect what what tim has been able to build and um that doesn't mean that you have to love every single thing that he makes either nor does it mean you have to love every single thing that i make so i don't know what the issue with the jenk interview was but uh, i'll have to check it out um but as far as you know worry about about tim i mean none of us have any kind of in the same way that Lauren and her husband Liam have, they're not telling us what to do. They want to host our stuff, and it's that simple. None of us have any kind of control over the other. So Each other's. Right. It's not like I'm telling Tim who to interview or how to handle his interview or he's telling me or not. Uh, you know, We are both free to make equal levels of crap, Bahana fam. So <laughs> I'll see if I can do it too. No, I don't. You know, uh, Tim, Tim gets a lot of shit, and... Uh, and I think he stands up to it pretty well. You know, I mean, you, you get to a certain level and you get a lot of scrutiny. Um, I think that he he's able to maintain his sanity despite that, although some might argue otherwise, I, I suppose. But I don't know when you when you when you have that many people listening to and watching what you're saying, I think it's like you, you got to have thick skin. And, yeah. um, you know, in, in many ways, I, I should learn how to have thicker skin. But I don't know. That's a task for another day. It'll be fine. This this might uh might might toughen you up. Now I think that it's actually going to be a nicer audience than you've experienced on YouTube. I don't know. Our audience. It's, it's the thing. Our audience is very kind and very nice. But the thing is, like, you never our audience. You never know how to interpret it. Sometimes, like, a lot of times people are joking. You take it seriously. 
they're serious. You think it's a joke. That's the thing about text on the internet too. It's like the tone of how someone says something gets completely lost. So something that might yeah. come off as like incredibly rude is actually not. And is actually, no, a, I, a I joke, think they're often being motherfuckers. I maybe, think. maybe there are a few, but not Bahana fam. I'm trying it's to be very diplomatic. Not liking to shit on our audience is so weird. It's I'm trying like, to be very diplomatic. Some of these people are assholes. And right? say, I like Bahana fam and Tim pool. And I just want us all to get along. Oh my God, you suck. Yeah. Okay, AP, happy Halloween, guys. Believe it or not, my mom's birthday is on Halloween. Can my mm. mom, Susan, get a happy birthday? Happy birthday, Susan. Uh, happy birthday, Susan. Yeah, sorry. I was oh, thinking yeah. I had a happy birthday button here. I don't. Happy birthday, there's, Susan. Not that Susan. There's got to be a sounder that's applicable to this. Find one. Many of those people probably have AIDS. Well done. <laughs> Two dogs, Mikey. Uh, thank you very much. Um, Jay Christsu blonde. You always remind me of someone and it finally clicked after some holiday mu- movie viewing. It's Alice from a nightmare on Elm street Four. uncanny resemblance unclear on Alice's race positions. Now I got to Google this. Can you read the next one? Yeah. I have Greg no idea Olson. what this person looks like either. Greg is up next. Highly recommend apostate prophet, former Muslim and David Wood videos, particularly recent ones on Hamas. Latest one on Pierce Morgan's interview of Hamas co-founder's son, who is now a Christian. That's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. Uh, like did the bitch. co-founder himself? I assume he has not converted. He remains Muslim. I would assume probably, probably. would have tracked him down and punished him by now. Yeah, but I didn't know there was a, a son who's converted. That's really interesting. Uh, and thanks well, for the recommendations. Well too. Good. Yes. Let's see. Uh, next up is MC Bosco one Matt, the application um, for an NFA tax stamp form five thirty uh, or fifty three twenty four, also known as form four has the same question about the person being commuted to a mental institution as the normal purchase form for forty four seventy three has, I suppose, but he would be, maybe I'm not understanding the process here because that's supposed to go to the ATF for evaluation, not for the gun shop to evaluate. You wouldn't do the transfer until the tax stamp has already been received unless I'm missing something. Uh, Or I guess maybe he's filling it out at the store for their evaluation before sending it off to the ATF for their evaluation. Either way, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe they can clarify. I'm just curious. Did the feds evaluate him? Did he send that form, the application for the tax stamp to the ATF, or did he not? Yeah. And I don't know that we have an answer to that question yet. Nor will we ever. Um, let's see. Who was the, can you read one more and then I'll find where we are. Uh, the Dancing Israeli says, not a fan of the child of Dr. Dave Rubin, Lauren <laughs> Southern or Temple. But I like Lauren Chen and you are my top goy. Well, thank you. I'll send some shekels over on uh, over to Tenet. Wishing you good luck six million times over. This is a very edgy chat. He um, didn't no. abduct the child. He created the child. Yeah. As we've as we've talked about, I have my own moral questions about that arrangement, too. And I don't say that to take personal shots. Dave Rubin is someone who I have a lot of respect for professionally. Um, one thing that people I've mentioned it before, but in a weird indirect way, he's kind of responsible for my marriage and thus my children too. Uh, in that the way that my wife found the show is that she was listening to Dave Rubin interviews at the time and happened to stumble across hours back in early 2017. And the rest is history. She moved from the chat to 
you know, the mother of my children. And so, uh, in a weird way, Dave Rubin is responsible for that, you know? Um, and I don't know. I mean, I know that it's obviously a very personal thing for him. And, and frankly, I, I would like to discuss that with him in a non, I'm not looking to confront a person or to try to grill a person for, I mean, the, these kids, these are real kids. Now they, they have, they have lives, they need parents, they need the best upbringing they possibly can. So, you know, at some level, the, 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 the questions about how those lives were created are now secondary to what sort of lives those, those kids live today. That said though, I mean, I have a lot of moral questions about, about the justification or the ethics or the morality of creating a life with the intent of removing it from its mother, which is how this was done. you might say, well, the women consented to that. They did. Uh, I would say that I think there are moral implications for them too. Yeah. I think that, that as a base level rule, kids are entitled to mom and dad and that we ought to do everything we can do to give them that and creating life with the intent of denying that I have some, I do have some very serious questions about, but one th- one thing uh, in in speaking with Dave before and and in you know I don't know him super we are acquaintances <laughs> you could say not that kind of acquaintance though but I've always found him to be a pretty honest person who's willing to talk about these things without you know getting uh, overly right, emotional yeah. about it so really interesting choice of words there what acquaintance wait what word acquaintance oh that's what i'm saying i I, that was a deliberate callback i wasn't even anyway my my point in all of this obviously like you know everybody on the project has a little bit different view on this or that and there are definitely going to be people who are like oh i love this person i hate that person undoubtedly um then just watch people you like but the best thing i can say for people who are skeptical of of working together with anybody i suppose if I if if I or we don't work with anybody ever, we do make ourselves more vulnerable to the censorship campaign. Mm-hmm. If you're just by yourself, you are easier to take out. That is just uh, reality of it. So, um, if you're going to work with anybody to try to strengthen your defenses against that sort of thing, to me, what's more important than people I agree with on every item, even if certain items are very important. And I think the ones you're talking about are very important in this chat Mm -hmm. uh, is just making sure that these aren't the kind of people who are going to exert unfair or undue influence over me or trying to censor me in certain ways or try to control me. And I know that Lauren and and Liam are not going to do that. I know that everybody else on this project, at least I have faith, are not going to try to control me in some unfair way. And if they decide to, then it's right back to the home channel. Yep. Um, long down John gotta ask how many wikis she gave the princess's butt that was an excellent butt 10 out of 10 uh, the <laughs> I don't have a 10 wiki button oh yeah 5 out of 5 okay. I talked about it on the tube but I find it really funny how Pence dropped out before Hutchinson or Brigham we know Christy is going to stay into the bitter end to attack Trump help me out by checking me out sometimes well thank that's the commander 248 if you'd like to check it out yeah, thanks for supporting the show I did hear Chris Christie and something I thought about discussing since I love discussing Chris Christie cringe. Uh, Chris Christie was out on the campaign trail talking about the difference between hate speech and free speech. So he's gone all the way to that awesome. level. That's great. But I figured I'd leave it out of the show tonight. It wasn't the top tier of Chris Christie cringe. So I just, it, I couldn't justify it. Ben Dover. Aha. Uh-huh. Was it a Palmetto state dagger? Crisis King. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, you actually nailed it. I needed a uh, I needed a Glock clone for various purposes, and they had a sale on one that I thought just looked really cool color wise. And it's like I, I I need another I need another Glock clone for specific applications, and um, the price was right. So that you, you nailed it. You got it exactly right. That that is what I had shift in. Good guess. Uh, Callisborn Rex. Fun fact: Matthew Perry beat up Justin Trudeau in the fifth grade. This fact check true. This is true. Interesting. Huh? That's news to me. Good for him. I'm now Good sympathetic. Aristotle's goes mad. I've been trying to remember if I was the first person to suggest defensively Susan Mercher. Is that something I asked you for back in 2020 that already existed? I, I don't know. know. I don't. I. As far as the exact origin, I mean, I know that defensively Susan was just a phrase on the show that I would say frequently whenever Blonde was going a little too far talking about the sort of acts that should be implemented against certain people. I would always clarify that these were defensive acts only. And so it was defensively Susan at the time because it was Susan and not Raja Mahan. But as far as where that came from, that is an aspect that I'd have to ask the show historian or archivist to dig up. And I, I don't know. Show historian. That's hilarious. Sometimes we get people who dig and find the origin of things. We do this for posterity. This is a really serious thing for American yeah. history. Metal rules. Thank you very much. Mike Cock. 420 blaze and a Matt, are you and 80% lower? Cause I want to drill your third hole and tell no one about it. Ah, uh, that one that's advanced. I'm not, I don't think hey. I've, uh, Hey, why didn't this stupid button bar is not even working. Come on today. I feel, uh, there we go. Gay. Uh, I don't know that I've heard the gun gay mashup before. That might be a new variant of the, of the bit. Uh, oh thank shoot! You. I gotta reload. Are that you was ready for the Next one. Uh yeah. Did I feel like I, I missed one? So no, long we to We're refresh good. this. Come on. Uh, it's a project in development, of course. Next up, I got uh, Long Don John to the guy doing the deep fakes. Make a version of that clip with Ben as the guy that gets sliced in half instead of Matt Blonde. Will get a real kick out of that. I assume you mean Shapiro. You're an asshat. Probably would be more satisfying for you. I, I don't know. I just, I at least assume you would rather slice him than me if you had to slice somebody. <laughs> but uh, Esoterica Unbound. Matt gives the this anti-American, uh, anti-Christian diuretic dog turd five of five. Blonde knows better, but knows more sympathy, but shows more sympathy to this excretion than to actual people. If nothing else, the consistency is comforting. Well, I know. I mean. <laughs> We haven't often agreed on movie uh, taste esoterica unbound. So I guess I have to say what else is new. But as always, I appreciate your good faith uh, in your disagreement. But uh, I guess I can see how you get the anti-Christian thing in that, like the the yeah, the church is presented church, as a hate yeah. group and all that, I suppose. Uh, what are, what are the I'm trying to think of the anti-American angles, though, that I didn't really pick up on. Like, what would the anti-American theme be? I'm not sure. I, if you want to uh, clarify that with me, I'm happy to take a, an email about it. I just, I didn't, um, yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like what, what is the anti-American angle? But anyway, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer says last show timestamping. Love y'all. It's been great working with you both. Cheers to you, Matt for tenant and blonde for the baby. Well, that is true. Uh, if you're a person who listens to the show, on demand like you listen monday morning and you listen on youtube if you ever wonder how the very convenient timestamps get in there so you can just scrub to whatever part of the show you might want to see whatever topic uh jennifer has been doing that for us for 
I think about three years now. It's been a long time. And Jennifer, uh, without revealing too much, has had some major life events of a good nature that she is moving oh, okay. on to. And so Jennifer is leaving her timestamp duties this evening in pursuit of greener pastures. And so we Unrelated wish her to well. this. <laughs> Unrelated to this show. Yeah. We love you. You're very special. So thanks for, for doing that uh that that thankless task for uh for so many years and helping the show out in what seems like a very small way, but for people who listen on YouTube is incredibly useful. And very it's useful. very much appreciated. Thank you. And of course, uh, be in touch anytime, Jennifer. And uh, I will personally be in touch by email to make sure that you get a proper send off as well. And uh, speaking of our, our wonderful show assistant, former call screener guy, or at least call screener for one more stream on Wednesday, Tim is coming. Uh, Tim is taking over. Tim will do the timestamps going forward. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So don't worry. Your timestamps aren't going anywhere. We will still make sure those are taken care of. Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate it very much and all the best to you. Uh, let's see. I think we, uh, we've got a couple here on YouTube and then just one or two on rumble. We'll be good. Uh, Bocifa says, lol, Matt, Lauren and Liam control you. Lauren, uh, is way more based. Have you ever seen her spicy takes on us, Middle East yeah. foreign policy? You'll do fine. Well, I, <laughs> that's one thing that I mean, you know, like, uh, I have, I have seen Lauren, uh, <laughs> Lauren sparking many a Twitter conversation and it's not like, whether I agree or disagree is is irrelevant to me for the purpose of this evaluation. It is to say I respect her as a person who is willing to say something that she believes that is highly controversial, that she knows she's going to get a lot of pushback for and stick to her guns to the extent that she believes it. Does that mean I endorse every single tweet that she posts or I believe everything, every single word that she says? No, of course not. And she would say the same about me. But what's but, yeah. important is I trust her as a person not to come to me and say, you will say X, Y, or Z, or you won't see it. It won't say A, B, or C. That's not her. And uh, if that does turn out to be her, I will be shocked and I will move on to something else. But as far as people I believe in to build a project with the right philosophy, she's on a very <coughs> short list. And that's why uh, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm interested in this project. And that's why I'm doing it. It's because I, I believe that, that she's a, she's a trustworthy actor. So I'm, I'm glad you've enjoyed her Twitter feed. Bocephus. Jerry Smith. Uh, Renton has tons of joggers. They probably they did do, the hate yeah. crime. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it and was, Muslims. maybe it was an actual jog by. Have we, I guess there were tire <laughs> marks. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we're good there. Let's check Rumble really quick here. Uh, Sean Afong says, this is Mike Banks, your true MAGA speaker of the house. Is it, is it Mike Banks, Mike Rogers? I don't know. Mike Jackson, G Johnson. Jackson, Johnson, yeah. I want you to know. I was trying know, to Google him to remember what his stupid face looked like and just moments ago and I couldn't. You know, weirdly, this is going to sound weird, but I think he has a good voice. I like the sound of his voice. I think he'd do well in radio or something. He your acquaintance too, buddy? Hmm everyone's my acquaintance haven't you heard just uh i just want you to know i will fight to my last ounce of white privilege to ensure my wife's boyfriend's black son grows up with all the freedoms we enjoy well thank you mike banks uh he he adds one point to clarify here oops the cuck is so pointless i forgot his name mike johnson so i think he actually did i think that wasn't even a bit that he actually forgot yeah. his uh whoops his name <laughs> Which is pretty funny if that is an authentic error. 
Okay, uh, we're set on Rumble. I think we're all set on YouTube and Tippy. We're good on Odyssey. Thank you guys over there. D Live, uh, we're good over there as well. And uh, so we're we're all set to call it an evening. All right, it's been real. Guys. There was uh, oh, I, th- I thought maybe I missed one chat here because I thought there was a a maybe. Uh, let me find it. There was a question about what the costume was. Oh yeah, well uh, right. I just wanted to clarify. I know this was not one that we would read generally, but what? Who's the costume I just got on? My costume, our costume. Blondes has kind of disappeared. It was cyclist justice. It was. Uh, what? I, I was a cyclist, or am a cyclist, whose reign of terror on the streets are over, and the rule of law has finally been enforced by some hero citizen who took it upon himself to save the day with uh, his vehicle. <laughs> I support your decision to run over cyclists. Ah. Uh, Anyway, that was uh, that was the bit this year. And uh, the one thing I the thing I really wanted to do, but I just couldn't figure out. Not that I'm disappointed to do this because the cyclist bit has been fun for, you know, ever since we've been talking about cyclists, which is a while now. But the the smuggler meme, the kid who drew that picture of Hitler and it said, I good, but it was just impossible to to figure out how to do. Yeah. I just couldn't think of a way. Cause I, I was like, if I, if I could be the smuggler Hitler and blonde could be a smuggler version of Ava Braun, like a crappily yeah. drawn Ava Braun, but there's no way to do it other than wearing a mask over our faces. And that just doesn't work for a podcasting application. Like you could wear it for mm-hmm. five seconds at the start of the show and then take it and off. Then, yeah. And then take it off. And it's like the whole thing's pointless. So I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way to make smuggler happen. So that's my, that's my failure. Maybe there was some way I just couldn't think of, but that's what happened with the smuggler thing. And actually I got, uh, I got several emails from Lauren and Liam and Tim pool and everybody else. And they said, you will not do the smuggler. You're, you are banned. You, <laughs> we will not welcome you a tenant. If you do the smuggler, Tim pool came over, spanked you. I said, okay, like, okay, I know who my bosses are now. I won't do the smuggler. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Very much appreciate Appreciate your chats. Uh, appreciate your uh, your other contributions to the show and uh, thanks for making the live show a success very much appreciated if you're tuning in later on demand perhaps you are utilizing Jennifer's very useful timestamps. thank you kindly as well for supporting the show appreciate you as well uh, if you would like to find anything else show related if you want to go back and listen to the show or find past episodes of the show or find the audio feeds or pick up a t-shirt or read my terrible movie reviews all of it's on the website mattchristensenmedia.com by the way all the tenant content will go over there too I should have mentioned that you'll also find the tenant content on mattchristensenmedia.com and mattis.gay and no matter what we will always be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday sorry whoever that lady is who runs the show now because it's not Chuck Todd it's not Meet the Press it is the Matt and Blonde Show have a great night bye guys